0: inspiration red pill you know us just two guys going beyond conspiracy theories getting right into the heart of the conspiracy itself i'm jason spears with my co-host christopher dean what you got join us as we go behind enemy lines to reveal the truth about another aspect of this occult matrix as we discuss in this week's intel briefing monday night master debaters take two Is the satanic control matrix just a made up idea or is it the reality of the world that we live in, seen all through our news, our science, our history, and even how we view the national anthem? We're going to talk about this and much more coming up right here on Operation Red Pill. Ladies, gentlemen, everyone from across the podverse, welcome back to another episode of Operation Red Pill, where we like to take you beyond conspiracy theories and get you right up into the heart of the conspiracy itself. Now, I need y'all to listen close Things have been a little intense here at ORP. We've been under some pressure to crack out these episodes at a rate unbeknownst to us before. I mean, we were used to cracking them out every week. But Christopher has put the pressure on me to crack out two a week. We've been having to really double up here to have enough content to sustain us through the offseason at the end of the year. And so we figured what's the best way to do that but to call in some help. We put the call out. said, anybody, everybody, please. This man won't let me rest. He's making me do too many episodes. Help! Luckily, someone heard the call and they answered. And that was Matt T and Ryan Dean. And they decided to invite us on their show, Monday Night Master Debaters. To get your mind out the gutter. There's nothing wrong with that title. And we had us a wonderful conversation. We talked about a lot of stuff. We got into different things. One of the things we got into is how does the 24-hour news cycle hijack neuroplasticity and program us for negativity? We also talked about what are the Akashic records? I know, thought it had to do with Star Wars. It really doesn't. And could they be an inversion of the Bible in the spirit of prophecy? We talked about astrology. What's the real story being told behind the pagan interpretation Of the stars And we even touched on Some of the demonic trends That are taking over America Before we turn over the audience though To that entire recording Which we gonna do I need you to first help me do What we do best here And welcome my co-host The one and only Mr. Christopher Adam Dean How's it going bro? What's happening baby? How you
1: doing? I'm doing excellent, man. I am doing really well. Is it because you got some time off work? What has had you in such a positive mood this day? Well, I mean, recording the show with Matt and Ryan. Like, because these are guys that we looked up to, you know, as we were just starting and even before we started doing a podcast. So there's just something so cool about being able to do a show with them. You know, we, we did one before and it's it's awesome to, it's not necessarily meeting your idols, but it feels like you've arrived in the big time. You know what I mean? It does, dude.
0: I feel the same way. It is why we decided to make them the final release of 2023. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why. Exactly. <laughs> we reserved a spot of honor just for these two. Because these two have had a pretty significant impact on our whole trajectory here as podcasters. You know, we're still fresh to the game. We're not quite mm-hmm. noobs, but I don't know if we would go as far as stay season veterans. Not yet. Not yet. And I was sitting here on the show where we were recording, and I'm looking, and I was like, it really does say Matt T. And it really does say Ryan Dean. Do they know that they're talking to us? Maybe they think we're talking to AI people. Like, right, like, right, Us, us? We're goofy. What are they talking to us for? <laughs> but it uh, produced, man, an absolutely incredible conversation. You know, before this whole thing started, got to be honest, full disclosure, I was a bit nervous. I'm like, I Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about. I'm not a huge fan of free flowing conversations, especially when they're talking about the things we cover, because the things we cover are pretty much information dense. And the way my mind works, running off of like two and a half hours of sleep every night, my recall is a little stunted. You are the weakest link. I feel like it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, dude. I feel like all the time. You're like, yeah, man, we got to get on. We're going to do the Great Deceptions, the whole show, the Monday Night Master Debaters, and it's going to be cool. We're going to have these wonderful conversations, dude. You're going to be great. And I'm like, what? No, no, dude. There need to be notes upon notes. Neither one of these dudes mess around. Right, right. We got to make sure (laughs) that we bring thunder
1: and lightning. Not the lightnings this time? No,
0: not the lightnings. Just lightning.
1: Just lightning. Okay, okay. Yeah, 2024 will bring back the lightnings. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs>
0: but I think we actually had a, a, a pretty lively discussion.
1: Yeah, I really
0: enjoyed it. You know, there was one point in there where uh, me me, and, and Ryan Dean were going toe-to-toe, mm-hmm. back and forth. And I was like, this is actually pretty fun. Yeah, I was like, Ryan, was better sweet. watch out. you going to see the real side of me in a minute. And then, you know, no spoiler, but then you decided to throw me a humdinger curveball. I'm I, not going to say just... what it was, but I'm going <laughs> to let the audience find out for themselves.
1: Ooh. Woo, 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 woo. Y'all people pray for your boy. I am not suicidal. I
0: need, I need that it right now. No, it's not. He's suicidal because he decided to take me <laughs> off. And I don't know why. I, I, you know, this person that has this affinity to trying to poke the bear. There was no need. We was getting along oh, great. Right? And Chris was just like, nah, I feel the need to just incite some sort of tension between us. Y'all will be the judge of what happened. You listen, leave you how you feel about it in the comments. But he came for me, and I didn't like it. It was unnecessary, unprovoked, and really just troubling. I still have PTSD even now. But no, man, it was, it was really a really great conversation, dude. I, I had a blast recording with them.
1: Yeah, me too. I I I really enjoyed it. But because it's so good, I don't think that we should make our listeners wait any longer for such good content when we finally arrived in the big times. So what do you say we go ahead and hand it over?
0: All right, man, let's hand it over to Matt T from the Great Deception Podcast and Ryan D from Dangerous World Podcast. Gentlemen, you have the con.
2: Welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters. We have a great show lined up tonight because we have two of my favorite people, one of my favorite podcasts out there. It is one of the more thought-provoking podcasts in my little circle that I listen to, um, and I love what you guys do. It is none other than Ryan's cousin, Christopher Long Lost, and my main man, Jason Spears, the boys from Operation Red Pill podcast. How's it going, gentlemen?
0: It hey, was going on, Matt. Man, so happy to be. Pretty here. good. Yeah. Dude, I love what you
2: guys are doing right now because it's kind of, it's normally you guys have a pattern with the shows, like it's it's a theme throughout. And right now we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, and it's it's great, the different topics. Uh, between you know, hitting a little bit modern in the Middle East, hitting you know the overall, but the thing that I love the most is your assault on the satanic control matrix, and that term <laughs> has stuck with me uh, throughout because now that's that's kind of how I explain it to people, and they look at me kind of funny, and I'm like, no, I'm like, think about it, I'm like everything, and then Jason, what you said blew my mind i never thought about it the three versions uh of satan when you said it's inversion perversion and subversion
0: oh yeah i was was high with that one man (laughs) i'm joking i'm joking yeah that that was nuts though that whole the way that they're they're completely related subversion what was it subversion inversion and i forget the perversion perversion yeah we were doing the uh looking at the Mebian approach to it man i don't know if you've ever looked at that website because the whole no. the concept, you should check it out. It's called median.com. And their whole approach is to changing the relationship that we have with words and understanding the interconnected structural nature of words and word trees and thought trees that are associated with the words. Because a lot of times we just have, kind of like how you have sight reading, we have sight definitions. I just know what that word means, but I don't see that it relates to a similar word or that it's built off of a core word, which I mean it's built off of a core idea. And so Mm -hmm. they break down the roots of the words and then show you the, the prefixes and the words, what those all mean. They're different aspects of the root. And it like blew my mind, just the concept. So when Christopher was talking about this whole subversion thing, immediately my mind went to sub. I was like, that's under. But what's the root of this? What is version? What the heck does that mean? Like, which is vert and to turn. And I'm like going through this whole thing. Like, you have got to be kidding me. All this stuff is related. <laughs> no. Yeah, my mind was blown.
2: Now, have have you guys looked into the box saga at all? No. What is that? Because that's it's uh, I, I'm not going to do it any justice whatsoever. But it's it's this theory idea based over in. the Nordic area. And it's based on this root language and it's supposedly a story that's been passed on from generation to generation verbally orally through this Bach family. And it's the saga and it's all about root words and Mm -hmm. etymology. And, and basically the way they look at things is a lot like you described it. If there isn't a letter for that, it doesn't exist. So they have, a letter to describe everything that and it's it's just in a, a really interesting way to look at history. And it goes back to um like even the whole idea of the start of Earth, essentially. Like Earth was tilted at a certain axis, and then all of a sudden it it, it moved and the ice shifted. Like and initially the planet was was this perfect, mm-hmm. um, almost a biodome in a sense. And right. then when it shifted, now all of a sudden you had poles and you had two different um you know, weather you had you know north and the south, warm and cold, ice and and sun, and and it gets into the root languages and really deep. And I think you guys, that's something you guys could do justice to and would enjoy digging into a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay. Yeah, I know. I think Drew Misson did an episode. Yes, about with the Andy. point of box saga or something. But yeah, I haven't listened to that one. I'll have to, i have to get into that.
2: Yeah, because Andy's kind of the guru of it right now in our in our group. He's he's been running with this for oh god, probably almost over a year now probably almost a year and a half. And some of the stuff that he's found is really interesting stuff. And it's it's language related. You know, if you're into phonetics and, and, and etymology and things like that, this is the kind of, you know, thing that'll tickle your brain a little bit.
0: I love the fact, man, that you're talking to people about the satanic control matrix, because Christopher and I argued about that so much when we first started. And I was like, "Chris, oh, yeah. I think this is a crazy idea. I think it's stupid." He's like, "No, no, this is good." I'm like, "No, nah, you're not the one that's having to develop this. I really think it's a say. Let's throw it out." <laughs> and he like pushed yeah, because, for us to keep it.
2: But when you yeah, because when you tell people it, it gets their attention, right? And some and and it's delicate because right away once you say the word satanic, you see some exactly. people just shut off. They right? they're, they're, the lights go out. There's no further talk. But those that you can keep past that there's a little intrigue there. Like, Hey, what do you mean by that? You know, how do you, why would you say that? Right. And then you give them a couple examples. And then all of a sudden you see the, the, that, uh, fluoridated look goes away and they're like, Oh my God. And then, then they start looking at, you know, you give them a couple more (laughs) and it's beautiful, you know, it's not. And and again, we're not here to try and quote unquote, save anybody. If you want to do it, you have to do it on your own, but I'm here to help. If, if you, if, if the information that we pass along helps, on your journey, that's a beautiful thing. But yeah. the, po- the point of us saving anyone at this point, you know, that's unfortunately, I don't think I've been given the powers to to do that in this realm.
0: I think the best you can do is, is like scripture says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. I think the problem is most of us have a really shallow hope. Like we have a hope it was kind of passed down. We kind of roll with it. Not sure why we believe what we believe. Or the extent to which that belief really infiltrates and establishes a, a, a comprehensive worldview. Like a lot of us don't have that. We just we we farm out and subsidize our thinking to other people. Whether it's going to be the political pundits, whether it's entertainers, whether it's the preacher, whoever it is, we let a lot of other people think for us, give us our talking points, and then we 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 spouse that back out. And I think the problem is we don't flesh out are beliefs so when someone comes with a real genuine question if you haven't had time to think about those issues if you haven't contemplated for yourself if you haven't built up the basics to you know a a structuralized belief system that is integrated because the worst thing you could have is a person ask a question you don't have an integrated system and they just pull a block out and your whole thing falls Mm -hmm. right but if you have an integrated one the the weight the philosophical weight of life It can sustain that pressure when it's integrated and people don't think in that fashion. We're not even trained to think in that fashion. This is what I thought was so cool about the episode Ryan did where the guy interviewed or the guy brought on the idea of the trivium and quadrivium. Mm, That was was,
3: um, paranoid American, man. Yeah, it's Thomas.
0: Blew my mind. The idea of this stuff being integrated. And I was like, we are strategically Mm -hmm. taught things in a tangential fashion so that relationships are broken. And it only makes sense since we're talking about the the satanic control matrix. I think it only makes sense if it's viewed from a biblical perspective, which is that everything that's being done on this planet right now is being done in an effort to pervert the original created order as established by Yahweh and as established to go further than Yahweh as established by the Godhead. The Godhead component is important because that is the central mechanism for which relationship is, a, is established throughout the cosmos. So that means that if God as a tripart being or entity has created the cosmos, then aspects of his characteristics are reflective in his creation, which means relationship, which is one of the core aspects of his character and his his personhood is is strung throughout creation in the created order. Well, then if you're the enemy and you want to pervert these things, you have to sever relationships between things. This is what makes that thing we were talking about with words. So important. We're not taught relationship between words. Why? Because there's an attack on the very concept of relationship because it's established and found its fountainhead within the, the Trinity of God, the triune nature of God. And so we have to completely sever or distort relationships on every level So that this whole reality doesn't function the way it was intended to. And so God gets no glory. So it's no wonder to me then that how we're taught to even think about things is oftentimes in an unrelated fashion. So nobody's really thinking then about their worldview, their relationship, how that how that affects other people. So that when they sit down and have a conversation with someone, they're like, hey, what does this mean? We can actually sit down and give a credible answer. And the, the wild thing is, if you're under this notion that you have to save people, it brings up a fair question. Why would I want to serve your God? Like Even if I don't believe there's a God, if you get me to the point where, OK, I believe that, why serve yours? I mean, I'm sure there's yep. other ones out there. What makes yours so special? Can you answer any of these questions? Well, you should serve mine because I'm serving it and I say it's the best. That doesn't <laughs> seem like, you know, a good enough answer to stake your eternal life on. You know, yeah. I think it was cool that Jesus sat down and actually talked with people Now like, we got it. We got to talk. You know, you this you should be persuaded to faith in God. It should be a very intellectual thing as well as a spiritual thing in the sense of faith. But one of the things Christopher and I are constantly big on is the idea that Christianity as a whole. It's not just me and Christopher. The Bible, I think, really establishes this. Christianity is less of a faith based religion and more of a knowledge based religion. That doesn't mean it doesn't have faith in it. And it doesn't mean the faith isn't important, but it's based not just on belief. It's based on facts that should lead towards belief. And I think that's why God gets so irritated when people choose not to believe. Like there's enough factual information to lead you towards belief. And oftentimes we choose just not to. Now, sometimes that's an emotional decision. Other times it's because people have not been there been not been able to provide adequate information so that it clicks and makes sense so that belief becomes a a natural byproduct of the conversation
2: you follow me and that would make perfect sense going with with the way you look at how christianity is under attack these days right right i mean that makes perfect sense if you're going to if you're going to disconnect the people you got to go at the the soul first and and once you can disconnect that it's like they're puppets, you know, right, you right. can play puppet master. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's
0: amazing. It's nuts, man. That's why we spend a lot of time. Trying to... Christopher, why are you laughing over there, man? I, I see you chuckling. No,
1: I love it when you don't have anything to add to a show. Like that's, that's just shut the best. up,
0: man. I had nothing for this show. I've been over here freaking out all day. I got nothing. This is like the first 30 seconds and that's it.
3: Yeah, you're being real quiet, dude. Now
0: you you really are good at at
3: uh, like formulating thoughts and putting them out there. You know what I mean? Like I, you would kill it in sales. You know what I mean? Like if you were selling stuff or just like the way that you talk about things is. You
0: know, it's crazy, Ryan. I hate sales.
3: Well, I'm sure that yeah, dude. That's usually how it goes. People that are like naturally good at shit like that, they're you know not not into it. You know what I mean? So is My dad's it, a is great is it salesman, because though. the
2: people that you have to deal with? Jason, or is it
0: the whole notion of sales? It's a it's a byproduct of both. Um, not byproduct's not the right word. It's it's an ad, it's a mixture of both. Um, I don't like I don't like the coddling of people. You know, when you have oh, to yeah. sell to somebody, I don't like the having the baby to them. The other thing I really don't like is the manipulating them. Like I used to work for a bank, and one of the things they wanted me to do was always sell financial products. You should sell this person overdraft. I was like, this person can't find their car keys. You want me to sell them overdraft protection? This is what they're calling for. They locked their lease card. They locked the, the keys to their lease at the bank. And you want me to sell them overdraft protection? That's, re- that's insane. I'm not going to do that. I would get in trouble for stuff like that. I'm like, I don't like manipulating people like that. And sales seems to be very, very um, hinged on the idea of manipulation.
3: You know, it can be for sure. If someone's like looking for a house, right? Yeah, you know, there's there's certain times when when I think sales, it's just there. But yeah, like these pushy like door to door salesman type things. When you're just minding your own business, you're not actively looking for a product, and then someone's trying to jam it down your throat. That's different than right. like if you went to like a car lot to buy a car, or you're in the real estate market or whatever. Like that. That to me, I don't, I don't think that there's any issue with those. I get what you're saying, dude. Because yeah, you gotta be like, "Oh, lovely hat, there, Jason."
0: Hey, I don't don't like your hat, but come on here, man. You let's let's I mean? talk about what we got going on over here. I don't yeah. like the manipulation part of it, but it's right, funny. Uh, I had a, a boss that told me one time he was my dad was in the sales. He said your dad could sell ketchup popsicles to a lady wearing white gloves. And I was like, Do they make ketchup popsicles? I should probably invest <laughs> in that. That does invention. sound delicious. You know, and he's <laughs> good at that. And I think I've probably picked up some of that, but I don't try to use it towards um, manipulating people. I think, you know, I'm glad that I have a platform of Christopher because at least right. I get an opportunity to sell ideas. But the, I yeah. try to get the person to think. That's probably my biggest thing with people. Use the brain guy gave you exercise it. Think, because if you right. don't, someone will think for you. And Christopher pointed out they spend fifteen hundred dollars per year. What is it? Per annum, per person mm-hmm. convincing you of what to think. I had a teacher that told me one time history teacher, Mr. Simpson, he said, listen, if you you're either part of the one third or two thirds, one third of the population is competent. They control what people think. They set trends, fads, everything else. Two thirds have to be told what to think, what to eat, what to wear, all of that. He was like your class is in the one third. You don't believe me. Come back in my ninth period class. And take a look at who's there. I went back, took a look. I was like, I think we are in the one third. I don't want to feel like an elitist, <laughs> but I do feel good about myself. It yeah, is man. I mean, me. just being able to think
3: and, and analyze things or see something in the news and recognize it as propaganda, I think you're already ahead of a right. big, big curve just by being able to do something as simple as that. It sounds second nature to people like us, but yeah, man. I mean, there's but a lot of people that don't think.
2: But it's also intentional, Rye. Right. Oh, sure. I mean, between the school system, between broadcasting and media. It's intentionally done. And now when you hear a figure like that, it's like, and I love how you guys approached it on your show. You said, how many of us invest $1,500 in ourselves to counter that, right? How many right. of us spend $1,500 mm-hmm. in books to to educate ourselves from that indoctrination? And that's that's exactly. it. when you look at it that way, it's scary because are you in the deficit or are you in, 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 in making profit? Exactly. And I think that's right. a great way to measure yourself rather than look at your bank statement. Right. Because in the end, that can disappear. But if you can, if you're coming out ahead of the game on on that end from an educational and like you're saying, Jason, think, please just think for yourself and right. for yourself, because that's another thing that they've they've taught us how to think right That's and what true. what to not only what to think but how and and you have to break that too to get out of it and be able to understand that okay mainstream sources, that's one thing you have to break, right? Mm -hmm. You can go to alternate sources, you can go to journals, you can go and hear a variety of opinions, then draw your conclusion. It doesn't have to be based on the indoctrination. And if you ask questions, it's even better. And that's why we are where we are today. Because asking questions is heavily frowned upon. In this day and age, you're just
0: supposed to get in line and go with the flow exactly Mm -hmm. i got in so much trouble not adhering to a six foot separation yep oh i was like uh, last week there were no arrows on this aisle are you (laughs) telling me this is the only way i can shop for brit no no i gotta go against the grain i'm standing next to people two feet like man how you doing oh my god get away from me i was like oh (laughs) oh this is horrible i can't believe it yeah people fell right in line with all of that I, i was um i was just looking at a uh I was just looking at, at a um, Truth Unedited a video on, on YouTube. This guy uh, does a channel called Truth Unedited, and he did a three-part series on mind control. And one of the fascinating things he pointed out was that in the 50s, mind control took a, a turn. It, it changed gears here in the United States. That in the, the early part of the 50s, the, the, the television was released. And I think it was... 1950s, the statistic was like 9% of the population had one television in the home. By 1960s, it was 90% of the population. 90% had at least one TV, if not more. That is a tremendous, tremendous increase in access, right? And that's just from the 50s to the 60s. You fast forward to the 2020s, we don't have just TVs, like one TV in our home. We've got them in our pockets. Mm Exactly. Yep. The access and, of control. And some
2: people have more than one, right? I mean, I, most I, people. Listen,
0: I watch my TV with my iPad next to it. Like, I got to get all the content together. Right? These people aren't controlling me, but I'm absorbing this. <laughs> it's crazy the access that we've given to have our minds controlled. And, I, you know, trying to get people to wake up from that can be so hard, especially if they're in that baby boomer generation, because they were really the first ones to be tested on with this. They were the ones that grew up. Like they were kids during this time. And now they've grown up. They're in positions of power. They're making they're making decisions. And those decisions have now affected some of their generations down line. And we're seeing more and more that the mind control apparatus is getting turned up higher and higher and higher. And at the same time, the educational quality as far as critical thinking has been strategically dumbed down, strategically detuned. There was a book, I think it was um, by Barrett, Barrett, Choles that was talked. It was called Brave New Schools. And she goes through and details the plan that was written down and enacted against children to actually detune our mindsets. Christopher oh. introduced me to a book, uh, the Crime of the Educators absolutely mm, phenomenal a good one. that details all of that and I was shocked to find out this stuff is actually written yeah like it's not like somebody was like mm, I think there's a plan no it was written out people have been at this for a long long time and I think it's high time that we take it seriously enough that we, we actively resist against the programming. Mm. you know Man, th- some of these apps too are so interesting,
3: man. I got uh heart disease runs in my family, right? Like I'm talking about how my dad had the open heart surgery and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's an app, I let me see what it's called, where you stick your finger on your camera okay. for 10 seconds and it takes your heart rate. Okay. I've seen it. Why? And I yeah. have like a seven, you know what I mean? an uh, iPhone seven. It's called heart rate. Oh, I thought rate you had Free. a seven
0: heart rate like, Pete.
3: Yeah, I'm in I'm in phenomenal shape. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like it beats three seven
2: times a minute. Exactly. Well, and that's that's with that thing, right? That that's with the camera. The reason it can take your finger is because it's constantly taking pictures. Right. You know, I don't know. Some people may have not seen the video, but if you Google Google the video where you look at a cell phone under, I believe it's a red light.
0: Red. Yeah, I thought it was infrared or something like that. Yeah.
2: And your camera is constantly going off. Constantly just taking, and who knows where those pictures are going, and who's getting them, or but... what
0: you're doing while it's picture, while it's yeah. photographing. You.
2: <laughs>
3: How yeah.
0: many
2: just black pictures
3: are there? Like you know, because within like people's pockets, right? Yeah. Like there's got to be trillions of just oh. black pictures. Yeah, but it's those other ones, <laughs> right? It's the the one percent where it's like, yeah, they're maybe they're trying to do like that Batman thing, right? Like where they make the whole 3D map. Using people's phone cameras. I don't know if you remember that from Dark Knight.
0: Yeah. I, I, I do seems remember very that, real. but I found out that they're actually using Wi-Fi to be able to do that. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the level of technology that exists right now is actually very, very unsettling. Well, yeah. and that's another assault, right? We're being bombarded
2: with waves, frequencies right. that. We're not supposed to be dealing with, and many people are, are getting radiation poisoning from these devices, mm-hmm. you know, between cell phone towers, Wi-Fi, um, the, in, uh, you know, appliances in your home, anything that runs on Bluetooth. That's a wave that's being sent through your house. I mean, I looked up AirPods AirPods are some of the scariest things ever. If you look out at the level of frequency that, and if you have both of them connected, that's just going straight through your head from one side to the other. Mm. And man, it's like you wonder what we're going to see from a cancer standpoint down the road.
0: Ah, see, man. Now you, you messing with my, my <laughs> sacred cow, man. Ah, they put the both cinema, of them in. Uh, or do you just
1: have one, Jason.
0: Normally if I've got if I'm using AirPods, it's one because their battery life is so so short, I'll alternate yep. between it. But it wasn't necessarily to reduce the the amount of uh RF radiation that I was getting. Okay.
2: Okay. I did it just for that. I only wear I refuse to wear two now. I'm like, I'm so paranoid. But you, you, <laughs> you miss out the on cr-
0: the 360 sound dynamic that they create, man. <laughs> you know, this 360 spatial audio stuff is actually pretty dope. I don't necessarily want to get a tumor from it. Well,
2: but did you? Hey, did, did you guys see though that unfortunately the uh, first experiment that MSG sphere lost a hundred million dollars in the first quarter? What was the experiment? Operation. The 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 MSG the sphere the uh, here. Let me see if I can pull it up. It's that it's that area that's like the it's like a globe in
0: Oh, this, this the uh, thing Vegas? in uh, LA? I mean in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. It lost a hundred million dollars?
2: Hundred mil in the first quarter. Let me see if I could find that. That thing is in incredible. why did it lose so much money? It just it operating expenses versus it revenue. Takes a lot. Yeah, they 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 did not bring in what they thought they were now whether this is intentional and kind of like a money laundering scheme who you know I never know with this stuff anymore
0: from a technological perspective it's absolutely phenomenal what they were able to achieve on the outside and inside of that that structure yeah but that's how incredible. it could be used that's a totally different thing.
2: See, and that's where it gets me, Jason, is yeah. where can the how can they use this for manipulation? This has a very uh blue beam feel to me. Uh, you I know? Gotcha.
3: Uh, for sure, dude. Yeah, sorry I keep stepping away, guys. I was the only one here and I got four freaking dogs, so I'm making sure they're not fighting yeah. with that little puppy.
0: Oh no, man, just be the alpha. <laughs>
3: I yell at them, but the one, the one's deaf. So
0: yeah,
3: <laughs> when they do something wrong, I'll yell at them. But I have a the puppy. The one that's the problem starter
2: is deaf. So it doesn't matter if you yell. At them. Hey, the UFC is going here to the sphere. Did you see that? Well, if it's uh-uh. still open, it says here, it says here, it lost a hundred million over the months of July, August, and September. Yeah. It's a new
3: thing though, man. It's going to be so profitable for people like, uh, they're they're doing it for Mexican Independence Day next year. And Dana White says it's gonna be the greatest combat sport event of all
2: time. Like some hmm. something crazy. Oh, like I can imagine some of these events are gonna be absolutely spectacles, because think about that. I mean, with the and it's unfortunately, it's all an illusion. And that's what bothers me the most is that all of this is <laughs> fake, right? It's and it goes back to that discussion we have almost every show natural versus synthetic. Right. And mm-hmm. we're they're pushing us to the synthetic realm where we'd rather go look, go sit in a seat inside a globe, than go explore in the woods, then go start a farm, <laughs> you know, start a garden, things like that. And that's that's where it
3: gets slippery. Well, in the case of this, it's you know, it's a it's an entertainment venue. Right. So, I mean, I, I would say that there's probably a lot of people that go hiking and do all this stuff and, and have farms that that will go and see a show at this thing. But yeah, it becomes a problem when it's, that's your life, right? When, when you're just surrounded by, there's that episode of Black Mirror, dude, that it's like that, your, your little pod that you're in. Yeah. It's just screens all
2: around and you the can change if you right? That whole meta idea is what I'm saying is, is mm-hmm. that's where they want to push you to is this false sense of reality where you can get it yeah. virtually now, rather than go do it yourself. Why not just go pay and you can go experience it virtually.
1: Yeah. It's it's really a genius move from, you know, we were talking about satanic control matrix and the false reality overlay, right? That there's so much effort that goes into convincing us that what is real um is, is different than what it is. You know what I mean? That the world operates this way when really behind the curtain, we know it operates different. How much easier is that going to be when everyone just accepts that they are living in a false reality and they're okay with it? Mm -hmm. I'll just plug into this I'll make reality whatever I want and it's crazy Um, Keanu Reeves I was watching an interview with him and he was talking about the Matrix and how he was over at his buddy's house and their their children came out and talked to him and they were too young to have watched the first set of movies so he was explaining to them you know that it's this kind of this battle that this guy goes through to discover what the real what is actually real versus what is you know synthetic and and the children were like, well, why does it matter? Why does it matter what's real or what's synthetic? Just live where you want to. And Keanu Reeves was like, that's so cool. And I'm watching it going, no, it's not. That's the problem right there. We should not be okay with with, with fabricated reality. It's so dangerous.
3: Well, kids are brutally honest and just like wholesome too, you know? So they've been programmed bad if they're if that's how they're coming at it, right? If they're just saying, why does mm-hmm. it matter what's real, yeah. what's fake, then... You know, they're not going to hold their thoughts back. There's a lot of adults that think like that, too. Obviously, they're just not really saying it.
2: Yeah, And and depending on the age, children are still malleable, right? So they're, they're going to absorb a lot of this stuff. I mean, I'm seeing it with my son now. He's 10 and a half. And the amount of information that he retains now versus just six months ago is unbelievable. I mean, he blows your mind with some of the questions they ask. So you start seeing the development and uh the way they start putting thoughts together and and asking questions and you see the angles that they come from and it's very interesting because in a lot of senses it's 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 almost a polar opposite of where most adults come from exactly and 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 you you see again it's that battle of young and old and
0: it, it, i think it's done intentionally I remember I was talking to Christopher's son and and just haven't hadn't seen him in, in a little bit and came up to talk to him and he had new words and I was like, Oh, huh. you picked up more words. And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, All right, we have more we can talk about. I like this. And I found his next limitation is plateau. And I was like, All right, next time I see you, we'll have more. This is cool. But it's like That's with fine. each each increase in vocabulary comes the added capacity for cognitive development. And and the ability to to form and understand complex ideas. Yep. So I think it's even crazy that we're beginning to water down is the best phrase I could find. Water down our language, like we're going from a, a more developed form of English down to pictographs. Just send Emojis. me an emoji.
2: <laughs> do, you, do you think yeah. that's? Uh, and this is a stretch, but I'm just pushing here. Do you think that's a push towards the one world language emojis? You know, they're, oh. they're they're setting us up in that sense to say, you know what? This is the way we all can communicate is through these silly little pictures.
0: I hadn't <laughs> thought about that, to be honest. Um, I, w- I w- actually was focusing more on like studios like Babel and Google Translate and things mm-hmm. of that nature. They're that trying to undo, you know, the, the division from Babel with the different languages, but I hadn't thought about a reduction to a, a new type of common language that's just based on pictures. But with that whole 1984 yeah. idea, reducing the language all the way to really control the thought process of an individual, that's actually really phenomenal, especially with the the limited amount of emojis. Because I find myself that's- being irritated, like, you don't have an emoji for this. Like, this is a yeah. classic <laughs> emoji you should have one for. And I think it reduces the capacity to be able to relate, because I found even on social media, if I'm looking at certain content, I've got five choices on how I want to respond to it. Those are just the five they give me. And if I'm not feeling that five, I don't have any more of a diverse emotional construct to be able to look at things in a a more um, dynamic fashion besides those five. You introduce a six, when I'm like, mm. I might feel that, but I like my standard five.
2: Well, that's why social media is so divisive, right? You're so limited in in the options of your response, yeah. In in, in the sense that it's it's either text or picture, right? I mean, you, you there's there's no depth to that, really. I mean, you can only get your point across so far in emojis, right? Right. So, <laughs> I mean, in an educated uh, discussion, at least. So, yeah, I find that funny. That, but that's one thing that's always kind of seeing. I I coach kids too. So um, my son's age and, and deal with that. And I've dealt with my nieces uh, a year older than him. So she's at that next level. And I watched the way these kids communicate with each other. And I noticed it this weekend because I was down at my, uh, my sister's house and all the kids were together and they're all on their phones, mm-hmm. but they're all talking to each other through, through the, the phone. phone. They're all playing together in a game through the phone and they're having the time of their life, but it's through the phone and, and, it's that catch 22 of it. You know, you love the fact, okay, they're social, they're getting together, they're doing something, but there's still that screen in front of them. And I find, you know, that screen, when you look at even again, going back to etymology of the word screen, it's a, it's a, it's a barrier. It's a, it's, it has something behind it. It's always protecting something. And uh, I just, I, 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 that's a constant battle. And I know, Christopher, you'll deal with this, too, with screen time with the kids. You know, it's like it's a battle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, content, that's a whole nother level to it. What what are they exposed to? You know, because that's one of the things yeah. I battled with my son and I battled my ex a lot on it was not letting him watch Disney Junior. You know, oh. and I was so <laughs> adamant about it because I'm like, look at the guy. And I'm like, it's not even so much the shows themselves at times. I said it's mm-hmm. the commercials in between. And the messages that those are pushing on to our son and, and things that, that he doesn't need to deal with at two years old. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's
1: crazy. Cause there's, there's so many things that you have to take into consideration. So one is just the, the normal effect that the TV has on the brain. Right. So it changes you from beta to alpha state, which puts you in a, in a dream like you know, state. And it, it always cracks me up because I think there was a long time ago. Um, my, my little brother had fallen asleep on the couch or something. And my mom like woke him up to to take him to bed. So he's in this half awake, half asleep thing. And I can tell that he looks a little bit nervous, right? And he's like, where is it? Where is it? And me being the the older, compassionate, caring loving brother that i am i was cool like crap. it's over there yeah. it's over there look out so he like drops to the floor and he's running away from my mom and she's like why would you do that i was like i wanted to see what would happen but there was nothing there
3: that's hilarious too.
1: Yeah. so evil
3: so uh, evil
1: it is we're
3: you know what's interesting too about like you mentioned the the commercials matt like that that's that's the program, right? The, the show is to get you hooked in to see the commercials. It's not yeah. the other way around, right? Like they tell you it's the other way around, that the commercials are there to pay for the, for the program. But it's the opposite, dude, for yeah. sure. You know, the, the Hollywood's connected with all these different pharmacy companies and all these different things, man. Banks, all these things that you see commercials for.
2: Well, when I tell people, you know, like normal, I told my mom this and she thought I was not. I'm like, do you realize that there's only two nations in the world where big pharma can advertise on television? I said, it's the United States and New Zealand. She's like, no, that can't be real. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, look at the when you're watching television, watch the abundance of it. I said, and, and what happened was it went from essentially tobacco. And big, you know, big tobacco, once they couldn't advertise anymore, they needed to fill those slots. Right. Big pharma swept in and they were allowed to do it. And it's, yeah, just us in America and New Zealand are the only two nations that allow pharmaceutical advertisements on television. So wait a minute.
0: Australia For- doesn't allow it? Nope. No. Just New Zealand. I'm still going to go through other ones. But I know you already said there are two. North Korea doesn't allow it? Maybe Correct. who knows what
3: the
2: hell they. Well, it depends what you're. I mean, state-run media, you're getting what you get.
1: Yeah. So, I'm, I'm I'm curious. Do you know because here in America we have the Food and Drug Administration, so the same entity controls food and drugs. Right. Is it the same way in New Zealand? Is it the same type of um, conflict of interest that allows the um, marketing to the people directly? Do they have a unified drug, food and drug administration?
2: Yeah, it says they have the New Zealand Ministry of Health, FDA. Interesting. Interesting. They probably have the same things
3: everywhere, though.
1: Well, no, Mm -hmm. in Great Britain, um, I know specifically in Great Britain, at least the last time I checked, the entity that governs their drugs is different than the entity that governs their food. Which is why you see all that stuff that's like, oh, if you buy these chips in England, they have, you know, half the ingredients. Right. And the, and that same type of thing. So it's interesting that it's also affected the marketing of the drugs to the people as well. I wonder yeah, if we it's,
3: checked it's, like India, what they would say if they have a similar similar system to Britain.
2: <laughs> I don't yeah, know. And and this is kind of an agreement the two have between the US and New Zealand, which even makes you wonder this whole thing even more. It says the ministry, uh therefore the ministry confirms that it one has the authority to protect. From public disclosure, such non-public information provided by the ministry in confidence by the FDA. So they're sharing sharing secret documents. Will not publicly (laughs) disclose such FDA provided non-public information without the written authorization of the owner of information, (laughs) the written authorization from the individual who is subject of the personal privacy information or the written statement of the FDA. So basically what this is, is they're like subsidies of each other. Interesting. And this started in uh 2011 it looks like. This this agree- well this is a tobacco-based agreement here. Yeah. Okay. This is on uh but yeah, let me see if I can get back to the
3: While you're looking for that, did you see too that uh Prince Charles, King Charles, whatever the hell his name is, he was talking about uh they're going to ban smoking in uh in the UK. Did you see that? Huh uh Kind of interesting, no. right? Because a lot good. of people say, well, this is a good thing. But then, you know, more like free-minded people are saying like, you know, obviously it would be great if no one smoked, That's clear, but you ha- you should have the choice if you want to, right? Like there's nothing mm-hmm. but like everyone that smokes cigarettes, like there's no confusion there. They don't think that it's potentially healthy. They know it's cancerous, right? It's carcinogenic and they know it's bad for your lungs, your heart, all that stuff, but they still do it, Right. So it's their choice. South Park did such a good episode on it, dude, talking about like it was uh, Rob Reiner, right? Like he's like the super unhealthy dude. <laughs> and he's the one that's like trying to get all cigarettes banned. But he's like eating sticks of butter out of the limousine and stuff when he's walking up.
2: And the problem with that, though, right, <laughs> is that, again, that's an inversion. and And it, because tobacco itself is not cancerous it's right, right. the cigarettes that they sell you that are cancerous
3: and nicotine like, it seems like it could actually be good for you like i think it, it speeds up your metabolism i think and then uh even hops dude hops that goes in beer it's like the process that it goes through but hops are like anti-carcinogenic like cancer fighting
2: and yeah. like good for your heart but then they ferment them and it, you know goes bad and and that's the thing of it it's like it <laughs> Yeah. You look back through culture, different cultures throughout time that there were tobacco smokers and there was no cancer. Not until recently. Right. I mean, we're not. Cancer is a modern past hundred years thing that has evolved and become a monster of epic proportions. Did you see the new
3: statistic that uh, sorry, Christopher, that that uh, COVID is now the number three killer behind heart disease and cancer?
2: I would believe it if those are the whose numbers, of course.
3: But I mean, that just that's that's the point, though. It's like, dude, yeah, what? you know, what are we talking about here? There's got to be something that kills people more than cancer, too. Like heart disease, I could believe, especially in the U.S. with our horrible diets and stuff. But I don't mm. know, man. It's interesting. The the treatments for cancer have come such a long way now, too. That I mean, it seems like it's not necessarily a death sentence anymore, like it used to be. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I know. I know. Yeah, dude. I know that like a lot of people still die from it and stuff. And you don't, didn't you say you had a buddy that has a, uh, what was it pancreatic cancer? Yeah, Pancreatic. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, there's different types of them too, right? Like that, that's a pretty well, there's brutal stages
2: thing to each one. I mean, there's, right. there's layers to it, but mm-hmm. yeah, that one's brutal.
0: I think the sad part is how much of that information that we already have on, on the books about prevention of cancer is suppressed intentionally for the like profitability. Rife-
2: of, all that rife information and and it Christopher them and and jason the amazing thing is that when youtube first came out you could watch all this information you could freely. it was out there yeah it was all being promoted and then all of a sudden as soon as you know they flicked the switch and the gestapo cranked up the the uh allopathic machine forget about it we used now to do the same you, thing
0: with tiktok i mean there's yeah. a whole lot of free-flowing information on the back end of tiktok you know on the backside of the cheeks and the jokes and all of that, there's actually (laughs) really good information that's that's flowing on that platform. And it's no wonder to me that there was such a push to take it offline. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, was there maybe the permissions that they asked for excessive? I think so, a bit invasive. But be that as it may, TikTok is an incredible platform for information disbursement. That is not controlled by by the government and that is not falling under the standard narrative. And I think there was definitely a push to control that.
3: It is under the government's control, though. You know, if you look into who actually funds TikTok, it's not China. Like there's like like there's more people that own TikTok that are American, like business people than than Chinese people that own an entire company. Yeah. ByteDance. Okay, I just call it TikTok because that's what people understand it as. But yeah, dude, it's uh, I did like a, a deep dive into it, and it's like business. It's it's an American company.
0: Did they change ownership from the time that they were created? No. What? So it was uh, I forget the guy's name,
3: but he started working with Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, and then okay. he kind of splintered away. So it's the same. It's the CIA, dude. <laughs> just like all this other stuff, you know. And, but you start sounding crazy when you say that everything's kind of ran by the CIA, but Facebook was started by the CIA, there's proof of that, right? Uh, With LifeLog. And uh, TikTok's essentially the same thing. They just tried to pawn it off and say that it's Chinese because it'll get conservatives to give up their rights because they're like, oh, I don't want Chinese people having my data, right? Um, And then also, you know, the liberals are just eager to give up their rights. So, you know, they don't really need convincing, but they gave, they, they say that China owns it and it's not true. It's like freaking um there's a bank too, Goldman Sachs that's heavily involved with it and stuff like that. It's okay. all American stuff, man. If you watch them when they when they were grilling the uh the, the CEO? CEO, yeah. Dude, they weren't asking him anything. They were asking him questions like, "So, is it true that TikTok is profitable quarter over quarter every single year?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." And it's like, "Okay, so it's efficiently ran." That's what you gather from that. But you're not they weren't talking about who who owns shares in this thing? Who really gotcha. runs this? Gotcha. Because it was them. Dude, the freaking government owns this this thing.
0: Okay. That's good to know.
3: It's, yeah, it's very interesting. I can send you the link, Jason, if you guys wanted to check it out. It's from a Absolutely. website I cite a lot. Sure. I'll, I'll drop cool. it in the chat here.
1: And yeah, the other thing, because we were just talking about the rise of cancer, you know, it, it isn't the tobacco. It's there's the, what is there? 1,000 carcinogenic chemicals added to a cigarette. Yep. And then the 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 filter on it is actually fiberglass. So as you inhale through the filter, it causes uh, micro um, like tears in your gums and lips, which causes the chemicals to go into your bloodstream much faster. But then even outside of that, we looked at um, the fact that sugar is in everything. Well, yep. cancer thrives in a sugar rich environment. Yep. If you didn't have any sugar and your blood was just the oxygen-rich environment that it's supposed to be in, then cancer wouldn't stand a chance to exist in it. So Listen, they're, they're getting us on on both sides.
0: We all have cancer cells in our body. And what you need to realize is that it's just a part of the Western diet. It's nothing wrong here, <laughs> okay? And I don't know what you're talking about with the sugar being everything. I don't read that. My stuff has water and high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> Damn, sugar. Okay, but it's not in everything. You be wondering, uh, but you're absolutely right, dude. Because you have to ask, why does the FDA refuse to admit the connection between cancer and high fructose corn syrup consumption and everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Why? Why is there a push, and why does the United States government subsidize sugar? Why do we grow as much as we do? What? What for? And when you start to look at the stuff, there's no way you can't come to the conclusion of this is an organized effort. It's an effort to make us sick and make us, right. and, and, and profit off of that sickness.
1: Go ahead, man. It is, and I was I was reading in Genesis uh, earlier, I think just today, uh, for the fun of it, and it talked about how you know God created Adam and Eve and t- told them to be fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. and fill the earth. Because a lot of times I keep going back to You know, why do they want so many of us dead? If if we are going to be, you know, sickly and decrepit and unable to think, then why is it so important that they reduce the number of us? Like, that would either be the natural consequence of us never leaving our homes or, you know, it's not going to matter how many of us there are if we're so controlled. But specifically in the beginning, man was told to fill the earth. So I think this idea of population control, whether it be gates or the Georgia Guidestones or the climate commandments are set in direct opposition to the direction that man was given at the beginning of creation is to fill the earth. That's that's part of the reason that we're here. I don't know what you're talking about,
0: man. God doesn't even exist in this scientifically oriented age. This whole concept of a God is a carryover from a vestige by God era, in which people needed to be able to explain why do farts disappear after they go from the behind? God did it. Now, what you're talking about here seems to be like some sort of clandestine plan. It sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. And I, I just don't know being a very sober minded person if I can get behind this, trying to trying to convince me stuff that ain't real, man. Where's my cancer stick?
3: <laughs> you mentioned the sugar too man that's such a huge thing um with uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with this uh foie gras i think it's pronounced foie gras i don't know do you know what i'm talking about matt it's a duck right it's duck liver duck liver yeah it's enlarged Anton <laughs> no no it's just this specific <laughs> type of like french delicacy but um they get it it's basically an enlarged diseased liver that is from a duck and they get it by force feeding it sugar and grains and that's really? how you get this disease liver in the ducks yeah, yeah they it's literally sad, dude.
2: open up their mouths and just shove food in
3: down yeah like, really? tubes yeah it's brutal yeah. dude it's worse than veal man like it's kind of sad but and then um, we consume the liver and the liver it's a delicacy it's supposedly like you know how they say veal is like super tender because of the abuse that the freaking calves <laughs> go through okay. for that right so I'm not a like I'm not a big like animal rights activist or anything, but dude, veal and freaking frog, however the hell you pronounce it, is so messed up, dude. But yeah, it's um, it's just a diseased, enlarged liver, and it's from sugar and grains, and that's what our diet is, dude. You know what I mean? It's sugar and grains.
2: So, well, that whole idea, the inversion and in, in keeping the population down, is really interesting because I never thought about that. Right? Why why the push for this? we're overpopulated chaos, right? Mm-hmm. The, we need to mm-hmm. depopulate, you know, why do we have to have the Georgia Guidestones up there to tell us we're at 500 million? Now, another thing that I question though, I always question the number of people that they say live on the world, right? Why, if 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 I can't trust them on, you know, how many people died now, how are they going to tell me how many people there are in the world currently? I mean, I know it's an estimate, but they try and act like this is a real number when in a lot of times, I just think it's a total shot in the dark based on a, you know, mathematic formulas and they don't really have a clue how many people are on this planet. Right.
0: You don't think it's a fair estimation based on, you know, people having to report births or government uh, programs, which, do you know, do census reporting or anything like that? Yeah. But again, uh, my my
2: issue is with uh, anything the government does; they're they're inadequate. So, like how accurate just, it is there? Yeah, even their ability to collect that data and okay. put it together. You know, for you're you're telling me the people in North Korea are are willingly just saying, yeah, here's our population numbers. You know, they're just throwing them out there. You know, I I really think like we're we're taught that there's these big divisions between all these countries, and that for us to understand that, uh, but they'll communicate together for world population. For the you know, everybody's going to pitch in and say okay yeah here's <laughs> our population here's our, you guys know how many people we have I, I don't know I've always yeah. found that to be interesting because whenever the census comes I just drop it in the garbage cuz it's what illegal
3: immigrants it's, and stuff too do those those people aren't counted in those things no. right and obviously there's an epidemic right now but that's gone on since They've started doing the census in all kinds of countries, not just here. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. dude, I wouldn't be surprised if it was dramatically lower, like half of what they. Because it's hard to understand, like, how much $8 billion is. Like, it's really hard to understand how much a billion seconds is or a billion dollars. It's it's nearly impossible to understand.
0: Put it in my account. I've yeah, to you, I guarantee you, I understand it real well. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, just I mean, I'd like love to,
3: but. Dude, and that's what's crazy is when they tell you too about these people's net worths and stuff like Elon Musk. I highly doubt that that dude's worth that much.
2: Well, supposedly there's 750 billionaires in America today. I don't. I, I can't believe that dude. Like,
3: I, I think there was some wild statistic like a, a billion seconds is 32 years. So, yeah, like that kind of puts it into perspective a little bit. But like I I've barely lived a billion seconds, and there's people that have billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Man. I think
0: a million, a million seconds is like twelve days. A billion seconds is thirty-two years. I mean a trillion seconds is thirty-two thousand. Thirty two yeah, thousand yep. years. That's, that's so the idea thought. of like paying off our national debt at yeah. a dollar a second, I'm like, it's done. It's right. done. Got a fight reset it
2: 34 trillion almost yeah they mm-hmm. just hit the,
3: hit the reset button on that, yeah, There's no yeah. paying that back, sorry dude.
2: guys uh that IOU, you can light it on fire because you're not getting it so that's 750
0: <laughs> billion billionaires in the u.s i don't think those are real billionaires yeah that's well, what and I'm saying, that, yeah.
2: Whole, that whole thing came up because of the you know 87 000 irs agents they want to hire over the next decade and have funds for, but yet, you know, and and what I found interesting was, um, what's his name, the new speaker or whatever, uh, said that that's the only way that they're going to send that 14 billion over to Israel is it's not going to be a brand new 14. They're going to have to cut 14 billion somewhere else. And he said, you know, you can cut those 87,000 IRS agents you have. There's your 14 billion right there. So it's, it's, and again, it's a game of cat and mouse, but I like you how look at every that,
0: country that decides to involve itself in a conflict gets money from us. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Christopher, if I, would can you sacrifice just like, uh, just one, one jawbone. I mean, if I can just left hook
1: you real quick, we could split a cool million. I was going to say, <laughs> let's, let's start a conflict so we can make a bunch of money. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we, we, we'd be all right, man.
2: The ORP Civil War. We start that. And we, you know, <laughs> we, get it, we get it funded on one side and we're all set.
0: Yeah. I can get on YouTube and be like, we're totally, totally oppressed people group. You know, Christopher. <laughs> we're the, we're the different colors. The
1: so <laughs> well, I was going to go with the hats,
0: but now you won't go with the colors. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Whoa, Whoa, well, my no. Goodness.
1: Matt. <laughs> Matt said Civil War so we have enough things between us that we can conjure up all types oh, of people. I wasn't going that. civil war. see what I'm saying that's Matt was not as racist I'm as you are
3: <laughs> I'm not going to lie dude oh, I went the exact that, same I was in the Marvel Civil did. War man I went the same place Christopher did it well, must be like our last name apparently
1: the deans are together well, Matt's so. me and you do and they
2: must have been marching down I'm telling south you they stick together boy wearing gray He
0: started a pillow
2: company
3: yeah,
0: we no, two of us can take on Spears. We can get them. Come
1: on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny, man. Oh, that's great.
1: That yeah, oh, well, would well, be a good
3: idea, though. Cause of fake conflict. That's what uh, they do in hip hop and stuff too. I mean, conflict cause. I mean, it raises money. You know, two rappers that are friends act like they're beefing, and then like they, both of them get sell more records, and now just get more stream. Downloads. Well,
2: but why is that? Because they shove it down our throats through the media. Otherwise, we a we wouldn't know it happens, and b we wouldn't care because it's not anywhere in our sphere of influence. The only way that that impacts our lives is through the screens or through the media, you mm-hmm. know, the airwaves. It's the only way it gets to us. Well, I think people they're, they are attracted to negativity.
3: You know, like with uh, if you see a fight in school, everyone watches. No one walks past it, right? If you you know, see negative things going on, you tend to pay attention to those things more unfortunately more than good things, it seems like but what, what? I'm,
2: but what I'm saying here is they're doing it for a profit on top of that. The like in the hip hop analogy that yeah. I was using? Yeah. yeah, yeah not, of course. You know, they're they're taking that that not only the influence, but then they're m- profiting off of your not only your energy your investments in, but monetarily. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. What were you gonna
1: say, Christopher? Well, I was going to say I'm not entirely convinced that we just are inherently drawn to negativity and problems and conflict. So this kind of comes at the the gratitude anxiety thing that I wanted to talk about, but it comes out it a different way. You know, we're we're told that and we're inundated. You know, we have the 24 hour news cycle, and you know, there's movies like Anchorman 2 that oh, it's just so sensational that this is this is what we're wired to to desire. But our our minds are not that, um, what would the term be, like solid state? Matt, you were talking a little bit about neuroplasticity and you know the age of children and things and how much they can absorb. But our minds can actually be programmed and not just by the elites. It, the, the neurological changes that our brains go through, we can have a hand in too. And there's a huge difference between the way that our brains process positive things and the way that our brains process negative things. In fact, it can't focus on both of them at the same time. So if we're always watching the media and we're always, you know, um, confronted with all this negativity it literally tells our brain over and over and over this is what you need to look for this is what you're interested in and while it's doing that it doesn't have the capacity to look over here at positive things that are happening and this gets to such a point because it it creates neural pathways your brain then thinks this is all there is right you start paying attention to the negative things it starts um in, in inciting particular emotions that you don't have for positive things because you've literally rewritten the way that your brain functions to only focus on negativity but mm-hmm. it can be undone like we can choose to focus on positive things cuz it's it's actually something that I've been looking into a lot cuz the like I was saying earlier before we started the last 6 months has been pretty rough for me i mean pretty much, pretty rough for a you know, a person of, of my melanin tone in America, you know, in the grand scheme of things, my life is not that difficult. There's just been some challenges come up. So I'm like, how am I supposed to look at this? You know, how am I supposed to process through all of this and keep my head squared away? Cause you know, you get all the the platitudes that it, it could be worse and you know, all these other things that, that are true, but they're not necessarily helpful. So I'm like, what's happening cognitively? Like, what am I supposed to do? And it's interesting, J.P. Uh, J. Moreland talks about the fact that gratitude is the healthiest posture to take mentally. Beyond, you know, like exercise is a great um, um, uh, antidepressant and there's all these other things that you can do. But a, a mental posture of gratitude is the best, healthiest position for, for your mind to be in. Which is why I think it's interesting that the Bible, you know, it goes through whatsoever things are good whatsoever things are wholesome, you know, think on these things like a lot of people might think that the Bible is intrusive when it says it it tells you how to think right to take these thoughts and make them take them captive and think on these things, but what it what the 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 writers of the bible didn't have was the language to explain neuroplasticity and all of these things that you're actually have a hand in creating how your brain functions and perceives the world around you and uh, we we recorded we've got a um, thanksgiving episode coming out and we talked about gratitude a little bit but i we completely missed the fact that your brain can't do both it can't focus on gratitude and be anxious at the t- at the same time it's not neurologically possible. So, I mean, that in and of itself is crazy because if it's not just like, oh, you know, force yourself to be happy, but choosing these thoughts actually prevents your brain from focusing on these other ones. But buying into the 24-hour news cycle of negative news prevents you from being able to look and see the positive things. So so it's crazy how much that type of programming actually rewrites the way your brain works
2: and now you throw algorithms into the mix and forget about it they can Mm -hmm. they can uh you know specify it just for your needs you know in their eyes what 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 does he need to get a little bit more of and that's wow that's fascinating i never thought about that
1: yeah it's 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 crazy
2: because you think about it, and I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I suck at taking compliments. Like, people give me compliments, and I just want to be like, All right, whatever. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. But
1: it's, there, there are <laughs> they you're people... awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Dude, <laughs> uh, your
0: show rocks, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I love no, the last guest that you got on there right now, man. They're absolutely phenomenal. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, you guys just disconnected for a minute. Are uh, you guys back? <laughs>
0: That's how he takes compliments in real life. <laughs> like you, you just disappear. Where'd you
2: go?
0: You should materialize
2: But but that's okay. the 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 thing of it. It's like again, are we meant to? Is it intentional that you can't have both at the same time? Is that the way? Our, is is that like our safety button? Right. You you can either fall into the anxious if you choose to, but. Naturally, your brain will take you to the other side without the influence of that, any of those anxious stimuli that would come into your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think God created it that way specifically. And I mean, and in, 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 in to that, like I, I mentioned gratitude, but the uh, American Psychological Association defines gratitude as a sense of thankfulness and happiness in response to receiving a gift. So it's interesting as we're talking about how our minds are created, that they are created to be in the best posture when we are appreciating things that are given to us. And because we're not always surrounded by people, it seems that our minds are set up to be in um, a position of gratitude towards someone that is always giving us something that would be the creator. Otherwise there'd be, there wouldn't be the the constant need of this particular posture that doesn't always correspond, the people around you are not always giving you things. You know, there are people that live in, in in terrible situations. The only way that a continual posture of gratitude makes sense is if it is directed towards a creator who is constantly giving you life, giving you rain or sunshine or whatever. So yeah, I think, that it's that God created it specifically to function that way, and the um, the dichotomy that you can either focus on positive things or negative things, and not both, is just what you said. It's a it's a safety barrier. That if if you dedicate yourself to this course, it prevents you from from falling off the other way. I think you're dead on, Matt.
2: That's deep, man. And it seems it seems so easy right it seems like okay yeah i'm great i'm grateful every day when i wake up for the day but it's not right you're human you have emotions mm-hmm. you have issues that go on in your life there's things like you said there we, we get bombarded with with different frequencies different media different you know stressors in our lives but there's always that safety valve that you can go back to is what you're saying and that's mm-hmm. something that I think a lot of people need to understand is that there are, there is an option there is a way to steer out of it. And, and and I know in today's day and age many people don't feel like there is. They feel so overwhelmed and bombarded that they're in this hole that they can't get out of.
1: Right. But it's it's crazy because I mean cuz even going through some of my stuff I was like how does being thankful that I got to eat a cheeseburger today how does that undo all of this very real stress, right? These very real changes that are happening in my life. Well, it, it doesn't change the fabric of the universe, but what it does change is the way that your brain processes the information. So yes, choosing to be thankful for your cheeseburger removes your brain's capacity to focus on the other things. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's yeah. not easy, but it's super simple. I think that's the thing. It's simple, but it, it's difficult,
2: it gives a sense that that meaning one track minds in a sense because you're either on one track or the other. You can't be on both.
1: Right, right. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> so it, it's definitely been something that I've been way more intentional about the last couple months, and it's it's kind of crazy how how mm. how effective it is.
3: Yeah, it sounds sounds uh, like you said. It's funny, and I think it's an accurate thing to say something simple but not easy, right? Because it Mm -hmm. is, like, in theory, it's a simple, simple thing to do. But, like, long-term, like, staying thankful in your head for something, it is hard, dude. Like, something really small, negative happens, and
2: then it ruins your day, right? Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to be negative, right? right? It's so much easier just to flip off, you know, let something spiral you out of it versus you know stepping out the front door and and you know looking at some some beautiful nature or seeing animals out there just the the small little things that we lose track of in in the whole sense of it i'm i'm i i get i'm guilty of it you know you wake up and you wake right. up in the morning i'm already thinking about the the 75 things i got to do that day versus just being in that moment and being thankful for okay i got another day today's my day i get to do all these things versus I have to do all these things.
1: Right. That that's a really yeah. good point too because you know the people that are putting out all of the news and all of the propaganda they're very intentional about how they frame everything that goes on. And you know just like are we investing $1500 a year on ourselves? are we choosing to be just as intentional about how we frame the events that we go into as much as the people around us are framing those events and marketing them? Well, absolutely not. I know I'm probably not.
0: I mean, but we're trained to, we're trained to be emotional. And if you're emotional, you can't be intentional at the same time because those just don't Mm. run together. So if we were trained to be less emotional and more rational, I don't want to say rational, more intellectual, you know, utilizing the mind that God's given us, then we could probably add to that a measure of intentionality. But when we are emotional, then what are we subjected to? We're subjected to being sensei. We're subjected to passivity. We're subjective to being narcissistic. We're subjective to being, you know, more individualistic, and concerned about ourselves. And then ultimately, you know, being infantile in our makeup. What does all that do? It leads to us not being able to develop the the, the inner self and really mature as a person. And of course, it all fits wonderfully within a hurried and busy lifestyle. It's all the empty self that, that that's being manifested intentionally. And it's the exact opposite of how God created us to be. But this is what you get when you are in a culture that that denies the existence of the most high and in turn decides that it's going to uphold and welcome all pagan gods. All of them. I don't care. Even the ones you don't know about. Bring them in. Bring them in. You're good. <laughs> we got a spot for you. Jesus is not welcome here. We, we don't like that one. But this I'm is what you get. Yeah. And we, we can't be surprised by it.
2: Yeah. And anyone, anyone, I, I will challenge anyone that says we live in a nation that is built on Christian principles. Because yeah. It, yeah, yeah. From, from day one, this yeah. was built on pagan principles, period.
0: Absolutely, Under
2: the guise of Christianity.
1: Right. Wasn't
0: mm-hmm. right.
3: there like the story, I don't know how, yeah, who knows if it's true or not, but like uh, George Washington was trying to swear in on like a Masonic uh book I, f- I forget well i don't know what their big book is back then but uh didn't have it and so just swore on the bible something like that have you heard that story heard that uh, yeah no. and who knows how how true that is but yeah it's just kind of interesting to think about
0: well, i don't, I don't perspective, perspective, know about it that
1: even like, haphazardly
0: even if ha- he was swore in on and on, on let's say a christian bible what would that be yeah I don't know, the same way they do it at court, right? I mean, people lie in court all the time. They do. I mean, it's not going to make this country any more Christian.
3: Yep. Right. Right. Especially. Yeah, I'm from just saying recession. like, yeah, that's what people say, though. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, you swore on the Bible and all this stuff and, no. and all the new presidents and whatnot are oh, swearing in sure. on a book that they choose. We but, should
0: tell them, hey, man, people use God's name as a swear word. I mean, you're fitting it in right there. It's even closer than having to swear on a Bible. You could just use his name. It still doesn't make you any more Christian.
3: <laughs> right.
0: It's I it's, still don't think. Oh, go ahead, Christopher.
1: I was just going to say, it's interesting because the Bible tells us to not swear. So to take any, I I do. Well, I just think it's, it's crazy, especially, you know, to, to Matt's point, if anyone's like, oh, this is based, you know, uh, based on Christian principles or whatever, but to hold any political office, you have to violate the principles of what the Bible says. You have to swear, swear an oath. You have to swear in, make an oath. Yeah. And the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. This is a, a completely unnecessary step and a step in direct opposition to what the Bible says. It They they don't work together.
0: Don't you think yeah, it's man. funny that it's required for you to take an oath?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, absolutely. In, in a lot of things, right? Yeah. I mean, even, even you know, and I, I get a lot of grip for this now, but looking back, I, I'm totally against the Pledge of Allegiance. Man, me too. Yeah. It, you know, looking at that and now looking back on it, I'm like, man, that was some indoctrination right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, just blind obedience, no mm-hmm. matter what.
3: And you get but the then what we see didn't. there's yeah. gotta be like a middle ground though, because like what we see now is that a lot of kids are being raised to like not stand for the the national anthem, which I, I get the idea of being a slave to something like that. But like standing for the National Anthem, I think kind of goes beyond that. You know what I mean? I think that the Pledge of Allegiance is just like a simpler version of that for kids. I think it's kind of weird, too, to have a bunch of kids robotically saying the same thing.
2: But I mean, do you think it's, you well, know, it's wrong to stand the National for the- Anthem? Like I have a problem with singing the National Anthem before sporting events. It's like a it's like kicking off a ritual. You know, I, I a game I just, is a ritual. It's a competition. I, no, no, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That's what this has become. It's like it's like a ceremony. You know, it's a, it, it is a ceremony <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, And that's the kickoff to it. And that's why I, I find it cringe now. Like I used to be, Oh, I was one of those guys who's like, and I'll stand for it, Don't get me wrong. Just, uh, but at the same time, it's like, take off your hat, stand there and, and respect the flag. It's like, okay, why? Like what, why do we have to respect this flag?
3: Well, I think it just goes back to all the people that that fought for it. And, yeah, they were lied to.
2: I, I don't think flag- what? how many of those people that died for it, commi- died uh, committing terrorist acts. You know, yeah. like that's that blind obedience. Just be a good ant and stay in and follow. I, I mean, that's why I have a problem with it. It's like, no, we shouldn't be pledging allegiance to our government. No. Yeah, not the government.
3: <laughs> no, I, I, but I definitely do think that, uh, you know, being proud of uh, like being nationalistic, I think is good
2: that's what the Pledge of Allegiance is, right? I pledge allegiance to the flag flag of the United States of America and And to to the the republic Republic for which it stands. But there's no republic anymore. I mean, they killed that in 1871. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the next verse? To which it stands, one nation. Under what? It used to be God. That's what what I'm saying. Now I can't
0: go with it no more because they say he doesn't (laughs)
2: exist anymore. We killed
0: him. That's what I was told. With liberty and justice for all. Uh, unless you're three-fifths of a man. Then you <laughs> yeah, only get, like, right? three-fifths of justice. So, I got a separate problem with the There's whole a few
2: way. asterisks besides that.
0: You know, end, you know, slight disclaimer.
1: Yeah. yeah. Read the fine print. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't know. To yeah. your point, Ryan, I, I think there is somewhat of a middle ground, because I don't have an issue standing for something. I mean, I think even... Uh, what traditionally men used to stand if a woman entered the room or left the room. I don't think there's right. any type of weird indoctrination or or worship or ritual that's happening in that case, but specifically, like the hand on the heart and pledging allegiance. things that you don't do any other in any other area of your life, I think should should give us pause to go. So why am I only doing this here? Why am I only pledging allegiance here? You know, and and you're not, you know, you know, when it when it is, Separate from normal things that you do. I don't think it's a problem to to show respect where respect is due. But right. I, I just think like
3: so many people, you, you, I think that the one third, two thirds thing is great that Jason was talking about earlier. Cause it, it applies to a lot of things like not just thinkers and doers versus the, you know, sheep or whatever. But like it, we live in a, it's black and white for everyone. There's no gray area for anybody. So I'd rather have like a bunch of schools where the kids are proud to be Americans than kids that shit on the flag. You know what I mean? Because that's I mean, I saw a video a while ago where this kid was just going through and ripping uh, American flags off of people's lawns on Fourth of July. And the mom was filming them all proud. And it's like, that's disgusting. You know what I mean? I understand you shouldn't be a slave
2: to this thing, but you should be proud property. You know, have some respect for your fellow man at the same time. Right so i don't know dude i just think i like i said most people
3: it's black or white like they're they're too stupid to pick up the gray areas so i'd rather have the, the the kids that are proud to be americans
0: personally i i would love to have strong patriots you know people that that are that are that definitely can think for themselves and recognize the reality of of, of what's Occurring, The problem I have with some of the nationality things, not nationality, but nationalism that's being pushed is especially over here, we're under such a controlled narrative about our country that the things our country really does and is involved in, we don't really know. And I think if we really had that type of knowledge, being proud of being part of something like that might not be the thing. Now, can I be happy that I live in a land that does afford me certain freedoms and certain rights and abilities? Absolutely. But being proud of a nation that is codified under a government like it is the United States government that truly gives the identity of the United States of America all under the. Oh, banner I disagree, man. of man. think Lady it's the Liberty. people.
1: I don't think I it's think the it's people.
0: people. I, don't, I don't think so, because if you look at the if you look at all the symbols that represent the United States, it's not the people. You know, what are we talking? Lady Liberty, you know, the Capitol building, all of this stuff that has ties to deities and has ties to the government itself that is involved in a lot of shady things. So what am I saying? I'm not saying that we shouldn't be proud of, let's say, our, our fellow neighbor, but we're talking about a nation. The United States of America is an actual entity. That entity is involved in some very, very nefarious things. It's hard to be proud of that. And I, I think when we get that, I'm not saying, you know, disrespecting people's sacrifice. I am saying recognize the sacrifice and ask the deeper question. What were they sacrificed for? Was it a thing that actually honored their life? Just being told that I went to war, per se, since it's kind of what we talk about with the flag and national anthem and all mm-hmm. that, being sent to fight a rich man's war to oppress other people or oftentimes create profits for something that you're told is a just cause and you find out on the back end really wasn't, I don't, I I find it hard to be proud of that. I think it's,
3: yeah, I I definitely agree with that, man. But for me, it's just, it's again, that, that sounds like a black and white kind of approach to it. You know what I mean? Like there, there is absolutely like a lot of people that signed up to go to the military and fight in wars. They, weren't like they don't they didn't have the access to the knowledge that we do now and there hasn't there wasn't the track record that was just blasted out there people had to look for that information that maybe these wars really aren't what they're about right they show this imagery that I mean everyone got on board with 9-11 and going and attacking Afghanistan for some reason after Mm -hmm. that happened because of what they showed I forget who said it, but someone was like, uh, I, I I, would never want another 9-11 again, mm-hmm. but I would do anything to have another 9-12. Like the day after like 9-11. People were all together. What everyone. It, yeah, dude. Everyone got along. And that's what America is about, in my opinion. It's not about the government. If it was about the government, then we should welcome terrorist attacks on our soil because uh, attack our shit because our government is us. You
2: know who you I, didn't I want to be on 912 though, Ryan? You didn't want to own a 7 Eleven, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably, yeah. Hey, I'm sure it was a white man that point. said that.
2: Their day on 912 was not so peachy when they woke up and, and they were closed they, down. They,
0: they were just as much, well, some of them might have been just as much American as me. It's it's a real right. sordid. uh well, I know. Okay, let me not go that far. It's a very complex history that this nation has hundred percent. And I think that with that, I mean, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of history, a lot of stuff that's not even acknowledged that it's hard to make just that blanket rule or expectation. You should have to stand for the national anthem coming from a group of people that were not only systematically oppressed, but I mean, like I'm looking at my city and they build, they, they not only have built, but they still build over sites that historically were graveyards for people that look like me. Like you can't do that for the people who look like you and Christopher, but for folk who look like me, oh, that stuff is freely done, and we don't even—we're not even worried about it. I don't know what you—you're whining about, and that's only like one little thing dropping the bucket compared to some of the things that have really gone on in the history of this country. It is not just for black sure. folks that have, that have been oppressed; there are a lot of different people groups. Well, look at the West, right.
2: The exactly. whole narrative of the West, Western U.S. and the, exactly. the, the whole Western movies.
0: And yeah, I, that's why I think that, it's, it's hard when we make the blanket expectation. I that's think, what I'm saying. I, I think again, people should be able to look like, if you want to stand for the national anthem. Fine. If you don't, you don't. Do I think that it's disrespectful of the other people? Not necessarily. No more than being forced to stand for it. You know, people will be willing to look at that as a disrespect for people who have an issue with the country. Or have an issue with maybe some of the ways in which people were sacrificed or people gave up their life or, or things of that nature. If we say we're one's no,
3: forcing anyone to stand. Right. It's like a custom. It's like if uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. if if I have a house and I I want you to take your shoes off when you come in and you're like, you're forced me to take your shoes off now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a custom. Like, you know, but that it's wasn't a the way he was
0: being treated, dude, at, at, at sporting events and things like that. I mean, you were really ostracized. You were you were publicly humiliated if you didn't stand.
2: And well, then that comes off. with the territory. Take your hat off and stand, right? Yeah.
3: If you want to stand up for something like that, or or in this case, sit down for something, but
0: mm-hmm. if you want to put plant your flag on something, you have to be able to, to deal with the repercussions. No, I'm not saying that you can't, but you were saying nobody was making you have to do this, and I'm trying yeah, to no, show that. No one's putting
3: a gun to anyone's head and saying, stand for the
0: anthem. Yeah, They're making see, fun of them no, if uh, they do that, far. I, I think that's a far reach, because while there may not be a gun to the head, there was dynamite under the seat. Yeah, if you, if you didn't stand, there was a lot of pressure that you had to deal with and sure. not pressures and you can't handle it, but pressure your brow be like you should have. So then where was the freedom for me to express uh, in a nonviolent way, the way I'd like to re- express during this sporting event. If you're truly free, then you should be able to look at the person next to you. If they want to stand or if they want to sit, uh, that's your business. I'm standing. So, you know, if I was standing, I'm standing. If, you know, if I want to sit, I want to sit. The fact that we, treated other people who didn't do it in such a, a, a way and they went through the system. I can't believe you're doing this and this is a horrible thing. And you're disrespecting that. That's not really giving you the freedom to to express yourself.
1: I mean, that'd sure be the is. same thing as, well, no, that'd be the same thing as saying that nobody was forced to take the vaccine. Nobody made you do it. You just couldn't yeah. keep your job or I mean that, that I, I don't think that's accurate. Like, I don't think it should have to come down to a gun to the head, forcing you to do it, to say that they made you do it. I mean, because we're talking about all of the indoctrination, all of the forced messaging, all of the I mean, if it just came down, if the only thing that was was um, considered control was a gun to the head, then what are we talking about? Control? It's a figure
3: speech, right? But I mean, again, I know a ton of people that lost their jobs about over the vaccines. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. you have to deal with the consequences when you make a choice right? Especially if it's controversial. And now there's a lot of freaking lawsuits that are coming people's way that lost their jobs or a lot of back pay is coming their way because it was wrong. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man, like I said, it's a tradition. I think it's meant to be kind of upheld. This is why countries around the world say that we don't have culture is because we argue about something as simple as standing for a fucking flag. You know what I mean? It's simple. It's just like an easy thing. All kinds of other countries have have you know rituals and traditions that they all follow
0: so let me ask but, you this would you consider two 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 things number one would you consider the opposite of that an easy thing like you said it was an easy thing just stand for the flag then could, would you accept the argument that's simply easy as well just let me sit sure but okay. that's not the custom well i mean custom you know I mean? customs can change that's cool here's the second thing in a free democracy shouldn't we actually be talking more about these things <laughs> you said we're arguing about it, but I, I at least in this exchange in this dialogue here, we've been able to express some ideas. It's an right. open de- forum. We're, de- we're, we're
1: debating, and we're mastering. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I'm know, not but, saying that we're are arguing. But there's other information.
0: No, no, I get you. But there's other information now that's been put on the table for consideration. I think that's the benefit of an open air discussion because you're going to have a view that's different from mine. I might have one different from you, and there there are perceptual dynamics that I think are important to consider because I might not see it from your your perspective but at least I can sure. hear you out and maybe consider and go mm, all right he's got a point you know and then yeah vice versa I, I think that's important yeah. for us to do that as a culture more and to hear the uh, other person yeah man I think it would be it would be kind of crossing the line if if
3: it was like forced that you had to stand when you're watching these games at your house right you're going to a game knowing that this is part of it don't go to the damn game. You know what I mean? Like, and that might sound cruel or whatever, but you know that this is part of the thing. And and it, it almost seemed like when, when the whole Colin Kaepernick thing happened, mm-hmm. a lot of people were doing it just to be controversial. They didn't have a take on it before. And they see this idiot, you know, doing this and making this stand and he's getting all this publicity. And then now they're going to, they're going to follow the same thing just to try to start some shit rather than having any strong beliefs.
0: That's the thing too, is so many people don't really have their own beliefs. Right. Well, we were so many about people that a moment ago. Yeah. I, I, I agree yeah. with you. And I'm not trying to make an argument for Colin Kaepernick at, at all. What right, I, yeah, I would say in a general sense, what I find interesting, and I remember having a conversation with a, a guy who served, I think he was army served and it was, was very passionate about respecting the flag. And I could tell he was getting a, a little upset, but I raised the question to him in a general sense. If a, When does a people group, whoever they are, get a chance to express their view and opinion in a nonviolent way in an open democratic society? When is it okay? Because what I found is that uh, the group that's not affected tends to be like, sit down, shut up, get along with the program. And I'm putting emphasis on nonviolent. Like, I mean, I'm not sure what else you could really do besides just sit down and be quiet. And even in that, you're being told, stand up. Or, well now, what they're doing, the, or don't use a sporting event as your platform to try to tell, to try to you know voice your your view on this particular political issue. Just let's go to the game and we all be together. And I I don't think that warrants a a healthy a, a, a healthy uh, culture for us as a dynamic nation to be able to appreciate the differences that we experience across varying people groups in a in a uh, a mixed cultural environment. But this is the thing is now that all the differences are highlighted so much so to where now
3: there's a black national anthem and a regular national anthem. And that should offend everyone that there's it's literally segregation all over again. So, I mean, it's to me, it's senseless, man. Like, it, how do you feel about the black national anthem? I think it's a complete segregation. I
0: think it's offensive, but I think the national anthem is offensive. I mean, I think so we like kinda- the black national anthem over the. Well, see, you put words in my mouth. No, I, I didn't say I necessarily <laughs> like the black national anthem over it. I just said I find the national anthem offensive, especially if I go into the, the second stanza that most of us don't talk about. That being said, what's it say? Like I what's said, most say? of
1: us don't talk about it. Well, you're not most of us. I am most of us because I don't have. You're it actually up. a minority in this show right now. Yeah, but the, so,
0: I know here I got a us. white guy right now <laughs> trying to put the pressures on me, to try to get me to say what it says. No, I'm trying I, to give
1: I, you a platform to to fully express these ideas that you want to share with those that differ in your nation.
0: I'm not gonna call you out your name, Christopher. But if I'd have wanted the platform, <laughs> I would have took it. But I knew as soon as I mentioned it, there's gonna be somebody. I was like, well, what is it saying? I'm like. Dang it, I don't have it pulled right up. You know what it says?
1: Because No, that's to why do. I'm asking you. Exactly, that's why I didn't mention it. Up. I don't have it pulled for, right up. For the listeners that don't know, including me.
3: <laughs> wait, so you were offended by it, Jason? You don't even know what it said? Oh, see, that's why I didn't want to go oh, into it. That's that's crazy. <laughs> no, that's what I'm because this I knew like what it said. It's signaling cancel culture. Like,
0: wait, 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 hold on, hold on, right. give, me, give me a chance to respond, and Christopher should have to pay for this. <laughs> It's not that it's not that I didn't know what it said. It's that recalling it right now, I don't know. So I've I've gone okay. over it. I've read it before. I've I've come across it, but now having to recite it, I'm like, nah, that I don't have. That's what I was trying to avoid before. Gotcha. Christopher so wonderfully decided to throw me right <laughs> under the bus, and so I, I got like a valid question. Right, I knew it was coming. Okay, so what's the
3: part that's offensive? Hold on, let me look it up, dude. Gallantly streaming. I don't even know
1: what the hell that means. Matt shared a screen. Can you not see that, Jason? That's not all of it. Oh, I gotcha.
3: Yeah, it's just the beginning. But yeah, man, I just think it's it's kind of, uh, it's wild that there is that black national anthem now because it's like, here's the national anthem for Americans and then here's the one for black people. And I think that that's kind of wrong. Like focusing more on our similarities over our differences, I think, is what should be the whole deal. And especially at a sporting event, you got white people, black people, Mexican people, Asian people, all kinds of people rooting for one of two teams usually. And that's where the division should be is like, F that team, go our team. You know what I mean? But now there's like all the political messaging and these, these things really are supposed to be distractions from all that stuff. I pledge allegiance to the flag. That's so short. It seemed long when I was a kid.
2: It did, right? <laughs> I was just looking at it, I'm like that's it.
3: <laughs> it is the whole thing, so yeah.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's crazy. So hard to remember. I, I don't know. I, I'm just this whole groupthink thing, and and again, it's an emotional thing. It's a way to to get us to buy in, to just support the the effort, no matter what. You know, just keep moving. Shut up. Don't don't cause any ruffles. Um, and, and it's interesting because J- Joe Rogan had Elliot West on, who's a guy who does documentaries on the West. And one of the things he talks about is that is that difficulty with the American history, because it's so complex, because, yes, right. it's, it's based on genocide. And but were the majority of the people that came here, did they come here in the interest of genocide? I would. to say no they came here to better their lives get you know have an opportunity to do things now did the powers that be have a different idea about what their plan was for this land and and that's that's a difficult question because you look at that and yes there was a lot of ill intent by the powers that be at that time and i don't know if there was so much from the everyday people because you know he said he read hundreds of journals and not, there was no mention of anyone saying, yeah, we got to go out and kill those Indians. You know, those natives, they're, they're really probably got to just go out and slaughter them all. They they did some horrible things to
3: them, though, for sure. I, I, it's When did the switch get flipped, right? It's like how you say they probably didn't come over here with that intent. But, like, when did they decide, like, we need to wipe these people out? Like, that's, that's a wild thing. Well, I
2: don't think the majority of people did, though. Of course. The majority yeah. of the people that came here, I don't think they ever encountered a lot of that. It was, you know, the, the the fringe of it, and and the leadership where they pushed these people out and said, you know, hey, we're coming, we're going to take your stuff, whether you like it or not. Or they built right next to them, and you know, encroached on their natural territory, you know, because it wasn't like natives in across the United States had. There were cities in certain areas, but they didn't. It wasn't like they had established cities all over. There were big cities, so to speak, you know, like what we consider the capitals now, you know, like St. Louis's and and Chicago's and New York's. Those were there, you know, with with populations and with with tribes, but not not anything else. So, Ryan,
0: at the behest of not looking like the person who's a minority and just decides to have an issue with no grounds whatsoever. I love it. Let's hear it. it. So Uh the second half of the third verse says no refuge could save the hireling and the slave. From the terror of night or the gloom of the grave, and the star spangled banner and triumph doth wave over the land of the free and home of the brave. We don't say that though. I they know don't sing that that's part. the point. Yes. You don't sing that part, but Francis Scott Key, the one who actually penned this, Christopher, you better be paying attention, taking notes. I don't
1: care. if You got to have a carbon copy of this. You, you record this, man. No, this is amazing. I had no idea. Oh, there was I'm going to kick the song you off unsung. of this as soon as we're
0: done with this. I'm driving all the way over here to kick you. Don't even worry about it. I got it. But no, there's just this, this was the, the other part to It um, that's off that's not promoted, and. The you know, the fact that this is what part of what Francis Scott Key, the guy who wrote it, actually wrote this as, as part of the lyrics. When you hear people who talk about not having an issue with some of these things that seem nationalistic or seem like they are completely uh, benign, and it seems like maybe they're just playing the racist card or just picking picking at, a uh, you know, an ant, so to speak. What's really unsettling is the the more frequently you find that there really is this history of embarrassing embedded oppressive language and things that are considered nationalistic for a country like the United States that was built on oppression, not just of African-Americans, but I mean oppression of just about everybody they conquered. And so we, I think we'd have to be careful as we tread on these, these areas to maybe be a little bit more sensitive to other people that are pointing out some of these things or have an issue, because if you've been part of a family that really was uh, put through slavery, singing this anthem that talks about your plight and the things that happened to maybe your family members or or even to, to people that, that you knew, it's not as happy as, as it may be for the person that's unaware of that.
2: And, and Jason, one of the things that I like, you know, when we talk about the satanic control matrix, notice how they say here, praise the power that hath made and preserved us as a nation, not praise God. right Right? it's praise that power it's it's who and again that gets back to the basis of our nation who are is the god of this you know that this nation is built on
3: yeah the god they talk about right yeah it's not Mm -hmm. the one
2: the, the devil can be a god to some people too right
0: Right. Exactly. Again, this is something exactly. that's not talked about with our whole national anthem. So, I mean, in all fairness, I can understand the person that that hears the argument initially and is like, "I don't see what you're you're really griping at." But look how much of what of what Matt just stared on that screen is actually part of the anthem that we don't talk about, but it is yeah. part of the anthem. And so, for a person oh, that says seventy,
2: it's seventy five percent.
0: Right. So, when a person <laughs> says you should be okay singing the national anthem, you only singing it, I'm just standing. <laughs> well
3: standing, standing. standing for
0: okay my bad for a person who says you should be okay standing for the national anthem understand one person saying that you should be okay standing for the 25 percent of it that they know another person might be upset saying i don't want to stand for it because of the other 75 percent that you don't know yep and that's
3: again I, we just don't sing that though so i, I could st- understand if we sang that or if that was part of it still but it's not part of it anymore it you know they changed
2: that out it's, but it's part of the message.
0: It's part of the anthem. I mean, Francis not, Scott, wrote the whole thing. So just because you sing a remix edited version of an original and you want me to be OK with the original. I don't mean me. I'm not trying to make this personal, but right, you, you right, want right. a person to, to be OK with the original because or the edited version. I can't ignore the original. You know, it's like if if we if we bleeped out all the offensive things, like let's say Jewish people, we bleeped out all the Jewish stuff. and We're like, hey, this is edited. It's cleaned up. Yeah, but I know the original. I'm still not cool with that ah but we don't say that part yeah but i know it's still there i think we got to yeah, be sensitive enough I, to understand that and if you don't want to i guess man you don't to participate I, you don't have to especially if it's nonviolent, dude especially people i mean it's non-violent they are just sitting they're not kicking people they're not cussing at you they're doing the least thing that you could do which is just sit yeah it just splinters into
3: you know, college kids freaking having like, you know, uh, we hate America freaking groups and things like that. Like, it, like, again, it, it just it snowballs. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying for sure. Whether mm-hmm. you actually feel that way about it or not. Mm-hmm. But that point of it, I do get. Yeah. But it just I mean, I like I said, I'd rather have people that are proud of their country. And the veterans, the people that went and, you know, did what they thought was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that there's definitely some war criminals and stuff in there, but I'm talking about like the good person that like was, it was in his family to go and serve because his dad and his granddad did that. It's a family tradition. He's going out there to, to rise to an occasion, doing it selflessly, all that stuff. Right. Right. Those people feel like they're being shit on. You know what I mean? Rightfully so. I think when, when people don't want to just do something simple like that, but yeah, there's no real other way to protest it, but again, it starts just causing more division. It's focusing on our differences more than our similarities, and I think there are our similarities should be should be celebrated and dude, when you were talking about uh when when Christopher brought that up and asked you and you, you, you didn't know i we watched a video today okay. about this dude g- going around getting offended by uh Different labels in grocery stores, you know, like how they banned, like Uncle Ben's face yeah, yeah. and Aunt Jemima and all that stuff. And he's going around, he's like finding something offensive on everyone. Okay, and he gets the Red Baron pizza and he's like, okay, I just looked up what a Red Baron was, and turns turns out it was this thing from World War One or some shit. So that's why he's offended now. So he's like looking for reasons to right, be offended. Right. I know that that's not what
0: you're doing, dude, but it just reminded me of that. No, I, I don't know. It, I think. it's to know that particular aspect, because like I said, I had read it before and it come across it and was like, ah, but I didn't have that verse committed to memory no more than I've got the entire Negro anthem committed to memory. I mean, I'll hum through half of that. Mm-hmm. Ha, nah, nah, da, 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 da. We know that part, but the rest of the lyrics, Is it, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you talking about the new, the new one? No, the original, like the one that my parents would know. I didn't realize that there was one of those two.
3: Yeah, dude, there's a lot of history that I don't know for sure. And I'm never, you know, fake about that. But
0: here's what I do to know, Ryan. Is it possible to appreciate the sacrifice of a veteran while still not wanting necessarily to stand stand for or sing a national anthem? Can a human being be as dynamic of that to say, hey, I recognize sure. and appreciate your sacrifice. But this particular thing, I just I, I don't want to endorse or participate in this fashion with this. Are we as a, sure. as a society free enough to allow for that?
3: Sure, sure. But I think that it's just part of our culture, you know, and I think, it's, I think it's a valuable part. I think it brings people together, especially at a sporting event. Like I said, you don't have to stand up for it at your house. <laughs> I don't do that. I know Ghost said he used to, and I was actually making fun of him for that, where he'd stand up at his house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I've I, seen I,
0: sports players stop and do, you know, who have prior military service, stop and honor the the flag or, or honor whatever whatever's happening at that moment. I, I could appreciate that. But what I'm also looking at at in a larger political sense, when when I'm looking at the full spectrum dynamic of what's happening at that moment, and I I think the value of this type of conversation is – Everything we're talking about, like the Satanic control matrix and thinking for yourself and not being part of a slave to a narrative and all of that. I think these are the types of moments where that comes right into fruition, where the rubber meets the road. You know, it's not just Mm. a sporting event thing. We can take it to something else. And still, the question may be, is this really a big deal? I think we should all just, you know, do X, Y and Z. And for the thinking person, it really may be a big deal what do we do as a culture that wants to promote free speech? And what do we do with a thinking person that has a problem with what we don't think they should? You know, if somebody's at school screaming, right. I hate America, I, I personally don't want to hear that. I mean, I got bigger fish to fry, but I, that's not what I'm going to school for. However, I think you need to be able to express yourself. I'm hoping you could do it in a constructive manner. You know, if I'm in the middle of calculus class and you're yelling, I hate America, this is not politics class. I, I need to figure out the area under the curve, not why you hate America per se. But do I want to infringe on their ability to be able to express themselves in a free open society? Not really. But yeah. in, and, and in reality,
2: Jason, there is a time and a place, though, for there that is. person to do that. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing. That's it's that delicate balance. Like you should have the right to protest, but there's a time and a place.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Right I mean, in the middle of the freeway isn't a good place. Probably, right. not, yeah, the blocking <laughs> probably traffic. not the
0: best. Probably not the best, especially if a semi truck's coming. But I mean, hey, you're free. Did you hear
2: about those people that literally were gluing themselves to the road?
0: Well, I was it in, in New, New York? Glue yourself to the
2: road. They were, they were taking glue and gluing themselves. They had to cut at the asphalt to get these people off, off the roads. Holy it's shit. Just, it,
0: what these type of glue is that?
2: It's gorilla glue, probably. That's so pretty strong. <laughs> Definitely not that rubber cement we used to use in elementary school. Right? That's great. It's not Elmer's. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, as many times you sit there and try and keep your finger, you could always get them apart. My thing
3: was the skin. You put it on your hand real thin and then you peel it off. looks like skin freaked the girls out. But yeah, (laughs) Jason, I appreciate the conversations like that, dude. And like I said, whether you feel like that or not, I, the difference I can respect, Mm -hmm. even if I disagree. And I think that it's stupid. I think it's a a bad way to go about things. Not that you're doing it again, just in general. But I can I can still be respectful of that person. If someone was picking on the person, I would stand up for them and then be like, "Hey, dude, chill out. Yeah, he's wrong, but let it go. It's not that big of a deal." So I appreciate those kinds of things, man.
0: That's cool. Like if I get a sporting event, it's not the national anthem I'm so much for. I want the flyover. The flyover, <laughs> flyover, exactly. I want two of them. Now, what do you want flying over? That's for me, the question. I want F14s, but they're not going to unretire and bring those jets back. So I'll take F16s. I don't want the the stealth because you can't hear it. <laughs> And then it just shows up and it it leaves. I want to hear and feel the power, full American power. If I can't get 16s, then give me 15s. And if I can't get 15s, then I'll take 22s.
2: They did choppers at the University of Kentucky versus Alabama football game this weekend for Veterans Day. Man, these you things were some massive, you know loaded up choppers just flying just above the lights on it i'm like i can't imagine meeting those people in that stadium
0: oh that would have been well dude.
2: Cool. it's
3: so i see you see the memes all the time too where it's like uh you know when the super bowl is about to start and they do those elaborate flyovers mm-hmm. and it's like the world's about to find out why well, we have this much money but no health care you know what i mean like no free health care <laughs> because all of our money goes into those planes soon right so they it is it is funny but they are pretty badass but yeah dude the stealth bomber all day
0: looks like a freaking ufo I saw one, man. I was, uh, I was at an air show in Dayton and uh, I was talking to a pilot. I was like, I hear the B2 is going to fly over. And he goes, look behind you. And I, I turned <laughs> it's just high. standing there. It was it literally, was like <laughs> slow. It was going, it went over us. And I said, oh, that's wild. That is literally death because I didn't hear it until it, it flew over. And I was yeah. like, if you were releasing a payload, you just snuck up on me, released your payload. And now I look up, I see you're, you're, you're leaving and now I've got you know a five hundred yeah. pound or two thousand pound bomb coming right over my head like it's lights out, dude.
3: And you hear the bomb whistling down before you hear the freaking plane. Exactly, I was like, Man.
0: that is sick. It's flying wing. I mean, it's pretty cool. What was developed? That's cool.
2: And that thing's yeah. been out since the '80s, right? Which is crazy because I, I, uh, we were. I was helping my. Uh, Dad cleaned up his place yesterday. He got a dumpster, so we were throwing. And we found some, I found some old time magazines, like year in photos, 1989, 1990, the eighties decade. And one of the little blips was on the stealth bomber and how it was so over budget and so behind, and that the performance on the first couple models was so below the expectations of what it was able to, was supposed to deliver. And then next thing you know, in ninety one, it's just lighting up the Gulf. You know, I mean, so they 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 made that change pretty quick and made those adjustments to make that thing.
0: Are we know, talking about stealth bomber? Are we talking about the F one one seventeen Nighthawk, the stealth fighter, the B two, the B two? Okay,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. They were saying that it was it was just, and I I didn't know that, and I'm I'm I actually want to look into it a little more because be I didn't know cool. they that it was that a it was that old. I mean, I remember it from the '90s, but not like Same. that.
0: Same. Yeah, I don't remember it coming out in the 80s. I, I remember the the, um, the the F-117 was publicly released, I think, in, yeah. in the 90s, but had been around since the the late 70s, you know, but, but it was classified. As far as the B-2, I, I'm not sure. But as, from a technological standpoint, man, I think it's a completely amazing piece of machinery. Like, Northrop had been, had been trying to do the flying wing for the longest. And to see it actually be in production is is crazy i mean it's like the the holy grail of aviation just a solid flying wing
3: i love the idea of that uh cl- that that fake plane like i don't know if it's real or not i forget what it is but it's like a big triangle with the aurora and like what is it i think it's the aurora no because it's something that like there's no proof of its existence but people talk about it all the time it's like some classified plane that
2: it, it sounds pretty awesome though yeah, People Jason. Say here's Go the. Uh, here's. Uh, I, I was shocked too. It actually says here the first flight was in '89. Of it. Oh wow! Okay. July seventeenth of '89. It was retired in 2000. But it was costing them. It averaged nine hundred twenty-nine million back then. Nine hundred ninety-seven million by 2021 uh, standards per plane.
0: So wait, the B-2 is still in operation. They say it was produced to 2000. So that was like the Yeah, last it was one? produced until 2000. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yep. They have a new one coming out. I think it's the B-21. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that thing is going to be a scary killing machine. That's for sure.
0: Are you in aviation, Matt?
2: No, I, I'm fascinated by it, but... I am nowhere near a Top Gun connoisseur like
0: yourself. (laughs) Ah, that's funny. I I need like a Top Gun sound effect now. (laughs) That's
2: hilarious.
0: Top Gun was great.
2: More of my childhood. See, as a child, I got into it. I Mm -hmm. could not get into the second one. And I know that's heresy in your world. Not
0: necessarily. I've actually been, uh, I think I've gotten a lot of people's nerves where I'm like, I'm glad that the second one came out, especially in my lifetime, but I'm not really a fan of it. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the
2: Star Wars series, you know, like they they did it because they could and they can make a buck off it. But I don't think they did the best job story wise. And it's just like, (laughs) uh, take it. They're going to eat it anyway. Well, they did it because they wanted to jump recruiting
3: numbers, which is interesting because two wars break out shortly after the release. Right. And recruit recruiting numbers were low. Hmm. Yeah.
0: I think Tom Cruise did a fairly good job with what he was given. I I think one of the biggest impacts to the production of Top Gun Maverick was the death of the original director, Tony Scott. Yeah. Tony Scott committed suicide. I was like, I don't know how if they continue this project, what it's going to be like, because he had a certain eye. He had iconic shots from the the original that I just don't think you can reproduce with a, a different director unless they're incredibly sensitive to his style of filmmaking the other thing was that the first one was more of a sports film whereas the second yeah. one was more of an ode to to aviation so now they're on two different platforms i also didn't have like the rock component of the first one in the second one yep. and it didn't have a lot of one-liners like there's so oh, the many one-liners from no, no 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 rock and roll oh okay. like the, the, the first one has so what? many rock and roll
3: tracks <laughs> yeah. oh.
1: You couldn't fit this a isn't a fast and the furious. Right? Well, that's what I was saying. It's <laughs> right. like,
3: dude, this guy wouldn't
0: be able to fit oh, his no, no, freaking no. leg. He need play. an XL version. Uh, well, but they
1: just cut holes out for his arms. You're you're right. just <laughs> hold
3: why why he
0: goes does this F eighteen like, have he, so much drag on it? Uh, it's
3: just, he just drag, carries you know, the bombs. There you go. Yeah, they strap him to the bottom, and he
0: just holds the bombs. Exactly. Yeah, man. But there were elements of it that I was really impressed with. I mean, if one, it was just cool to see it back on the silver screen. You know, to hear hear Danger Zone, to see the opening sequence, I was like, oh, my gosh, it was like nostalgia all over again to see the power of the F-18 to see, you know, their low flights and things like that. That was cool. But nothing compares for me to being able to see an F-14 back on the big screen, even though it was CGI. I was like, it is still amazing to see that girl fly. And when he went back and you know Tom Cruise was sitting in the cockpit, I'm like, oh, it's Maverick. He's back <laughs> in the f Oh, my God. It's been so long. That's funny, the man. Oh, this is great.
3: Yeah. Did they have a good volleyball scene in it? Oh, uh, They had a football scene oh not as
0: good no no it wasn't volleyball. not as gay it either You had to do the
3: volleyball. it was funny Dude, I, was, I, have- I was
0: listening to one of the behind the scenes and uh one of the guys uh glenn powell i think is his name he was they were talking about when they were filming it and it took a couple days to film it and they said nobody's eating everybody's doing push-ups and everything and working out and then he goes hey i just want you guys to realize montage scenes are forever and everybody freaks out because no matter what you've done up until this point, <laughs> this is going to be immortalized on film forever. So you better look good. Yeah,
3: montages like, <laughs> are sick, dude. <laughs> right? I know. I right? have, I have the uh, Top Gun game, and it, have you seen it, Jason? Which one for like what platform? It, it's a board game.
0: <laughs> oh no, I haven't seen. Ah, uh, I saw. I haven't played it, but I saw it in a store. I think it was like a Monopoly version. Oh no! So this isn't a monopoly. It's literally
3: Top Gun, the game. Okay, I've seen that. There is you're flying half the time and playing volleyball half the time in the game on the board game. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> like it's a significant part of the board game.
2: That's hilarious. That's crazy. it's pretty fun actually. That's funny. <laughs> I, I picture it as like a battleship type game almost. You know, like that. That that's how you'd have to do Top Gun, where you have your planes in certain areas. And, That'd be cool. Shot
1: down my Mig. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right.
2: That'd be cool. This is kind of, it's kind of fun, but
3: like after you play it once, you're like, okay, I don't ever need to do that again. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, I well, they that. had,
2: they had like Top Gun flying simulators back in the day that were hard as hell, man. Oh, I really? played I can't one. imagine. Yeah. I can't remember if it was computer or if it was early
0: Nintendo, but like, I remember a, a Nintendo game, Top Gun. Yeah. That that's probably out. it then. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I remember that. I think I had that game. Uh, that, that one was difficult to do. But, man, Tolkien is just excellent. You, you can't top the film.
2: film the first one's really good.
0: Yeah. The second one, I'm good on. That 80s genre of films, man. It's tough to beat. Like, I don't think you could ever it beat is. the movie Predator when it comes to another you know, Predator film. I mean i am sorry. Predator is going to
3: be a Joe Biden and it's going to be a different kind of predator.
0: Nah, at that point you can't go around <laughs> sniffing people with the with the mandibles going Rrr. Imagine okay. that, man. He's like he he hits
3: invisible and like it shows his vision and it's just kids with the right. the heat signature.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Horrible.
3: You had to get some it.
2: cold signature too though for the ice cream cones. He's still right. <laughs> on a mission to get his ice cream. Right. I have can't you imagine
0: him talking about that anytime.
3: Mm -mm. he wears the aviators though he does wear the aviators but uh, dude have you guys seen those clips or the the graphics of the cursed uh ai disney films Cursed ai disney dude it's so funny it's it's not what it sounds like okay but it's like like they have like um you know the disney animation and it'll say like epstein island and it's like what you know images of what you would think a Disney movie about Epstein Island would be. And they just have like, just horrible, like bad, bad things that are, I don't know. Are you trying to find it, Matt? Yeah. I I, I have one too, but they're just like incredibly offensive, stupid. Like they'd never be Disney films. Like, yeah. Like black death. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay.
3: Well, let me show you. I actually have, <laughs> I can find uh, a video of it. It's a short clip. Yeah. Adolf. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: I'd watch that. Oh, for uh, sure. That's great Life of Mia, Mia Khalifa, the porn star.
2: Special.
0: <laughs> oh, that's messed up. Yeah,
2: I mean they're not. They're not, not the most uh, politically correct. <laughs> no. Of, uh, I'll show you a video, dude. They're actually really bad. Insta. Yeah, there's that that Netflix that or that real Instagram reel. Yeah, a, yeah. I got a second one it. today. Someone sent me an additional one. Oh, there's so another I, one.
3: <laughs> yeah, dude. People are just making a bunch of them now. Oh my god. It's great. I will show you guys right now. It's pulling <laughs> it's out Great. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's fun. I mean, it's just hilarious, dude. Like, this is what AI should be used for.
2: Not. Oh, absolutely not. Doing not weird dropping things, bombs on children, for sure. Right. Okay, here we go. They're back.
1: you got cool, a friend in me.
0: Wow. You've got a friend in me.
1: When you They're bad. <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> yeah, this
3: one's <laughs> pretty bad. Miles and miles from <laughs> just imagine, that. <though, laughs> and I see you. I mean,
1: you just remember what <laughs> you oh, you've
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're fun. <laughs>
3: can have a sense of humor, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, I, wow. I guess
2: so.
0: <laughs>
2: They're bad,
3: yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I don't know who thinks of that stuff. Certainly not me, Mm-mm. but pretty good.
0: Penny Pinchers. I think I'd watch that one.
3: I would absolutely <laughs> watch Penny Pinchers or Pals. No the Tale of a Palestinian no and a Jewish Friend. Yeah. That'd be a great. I don't think our Fields? No, I don't think I'm watching right. that dude, one. that's bad, huh? Right. <laughs> it's too, it's too close to Roots. There was one <laughs> where, I don't know if it was in that one right there, but it was a girl doing dishes, and the movie title was Where I Belong," dude. It was really bad. Yes, that was I in there. That one. Was it in oh, there? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good stuff. It's my favorite. So, listen, yeah. let me ask you guys.
0: So, what's up with these these demonic trends? Mm.
2: Oh, let's, okay. I have that video as well. We can pull that up. Let's see. We got, are you doing it, Matt? Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. So supposedly, I guess this is a big trend. Rye actually brought it up last week, and there's eight things that are considered uh demonic trends in our culture today. So here we go. Come in trends in our culture today that are totally demonic. To go and give God an okay so we have evil eyes then we have yoga for people yeah, a
0: the nonsense I ain't it, and who so, God,
2: to the girl's ruining it, came from, it, came. To me it like it's another Karls, if you want to learn
3: what the
1: bible down. has to say about all of those subscribe now
2: The
3: one that got me that wasn't on there, though, was the idea of manifesting, right? Because that's what we would call prayers. Oh, was it? The law of attraction. It was was law
2: of attraction,
3: manifestation. Oh, okay. Where is it, right? We're just missing, like, half the things on the screen, I guess. My bad. Yeah, it went by fast, so. But that's just prayer. That's what we call prayer, right? I mean. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh -uh. Those
3: those are very different. Nope. Really? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So how, how, how is it different, you know, for, uh, you know, someone that, like myself that believes in God and calls it praying, uh, asking for things that I want, giving thanks. Right. But then these, I would assume that these are more like atheists doing this, right. That are manifesting.
1: Um, no, it's very much a new age thing. Right. And, uh, it, it's unfortunate that, I mean, it makes sense that it, that it gets confused with prayer because it's, it's embedded a lot or, it, um, infiltrated a lot of the churches. So the the law of attraction has more to do with your ability to manifest control over the universe that's around you. So it isn't about prayer as in having a relationship with the creator of the universe and, and asking things of him and communing with him. And doing that type of thing, because it, it, this even creates an issue for Christians to think that God is just a genie, right? Well, I asked God for this thing and he didn't give it to me, so he must not be real. Because mm. a lot of our ideas on how we interact with the supernatural gets messed with, with this new age idea of the law of attraction. So like if you, um, uh, what would it be? So one of the things they do is like vision boards, So what do you see coming in your future? So if you focus and concentrate on money and profit, and you like release that energy into the universe, then the universe will return that energy back into you. So it's the idea that um, if you've heard, like we're all little, little G gods, right? Cause that even that shows up in, in a lot of mainstream churches. So we're all these individual gods. And because we're gods that we have the same type of creative power over the universe. And it's, it's all nonsense. It doesn't have anything to do with prayer or communing with the the God of the universe. And it it's all based off of you thinking that you have absolute control over the the physical and supernatural around you.
2: Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Because I, I was with Ryan thinking that, you know, in, in a sense, it's just me praying. But now that you've explained it that way, I see that, that yeah, that there is a distinct difference. It
3: does make sense. Yeah. The way you say that.
2: Yeah. Now, what are your guys thoughts on like crystals and incense and things like
0: that? I like crystals. She's real nice to me. She knows uh, wrong.
1: <laughs> Give all my money back. Nice and shiny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a. Oh, uh, a, a, um uh, what do I want to say?
3: It probably depends, too, how you use them, right? If you just have them for decoration, I couldn't imagine that they'd be demonic.
1: Right. I think that the the root of a lot of it has to do with, with paganism and either like trapping spirits and um, trying to um, contractually or behaviorally um, gain control over the supernatural realm. I think that's where a lot of it comes in, but there there is some research coming out about frequencies and you know things like grounding. So I'm not a hundred percent sure where the line gets crossed between, because um, I don't think crystals are inherently evil, right? I I, I think they're beautiful things that God has uh, embedded into the natural order. Um, but like anything that he's created, I think that it can be misused. I'm not 100% sure what the the safe usage is. But I'm not willing to say that there's not a safe usage. What would you say, Jason? You're going to stop trying to put me on, on blast here. You can't still be <laughs> mad about the thing. You, I, I got to say, do you have any idea how long <laughs> I can hold a grudge? Just wait.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, this girl's got to be awful to hang out with, by the way, just while you're thinking, oh. Jason. She must be just terrible. Look at that face. She Wet looks cardboard. like she wants
0: to chew you out. I'm waiting for <laughs> her to like release the screen so I can see oh,
1: not her. <laughs> you. She, you can't think. She's just staring at you. <laughs> she is just, yeah, yeah. She is just
2: giving us that miserable, I hate you look. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, an interesting <laughs> one. That was one I wanted to ask be, yeah. you about the zodiac and astrology. Because I hear a lot about that and that that's, you know, demonic. And I don't know. I, I, I'm i very confused on that one.
0: On the on the Zodiac and astrology? Yeah. All right. So let me go back to, first to crystals since Christopher posed that. Oh, okay. Sorry that. about that. No, you're good. And then we'll hit that one. Uh, with crystals, I, I think you're right, dude. Um, inherently, I don't think there's any evil, but particularly the way that they are being used in such a new age. Uh, Wiccan type fashion, the the crystal usage here is definitely esoteric and definitely has some very dangerous spiritual connotations. It's not innocent. The same going with burning specific uh, incense. It's what they're being burned for. You know, this is Mm. designed to incite the help uh, and manifestation of spiritual assistance that is not loyal to the most high. And so these things fall into what the Bible is talking about with witchcraft and sorcery and how those things need to be avoided. You don't need to burn incense in order to ward off evil spirits. What you need is the blood of Jesus Christ and the power that he brings to do that. You don't need to actually try to energize crystals by borrowing from the soul power of another individual to power it up or or doing certain rituals to try to energize it in order to affect you know, get spiritual energy to affect or manifest change within your environment because that, again, is what scripture would call witchcraft. It's not appealing to to the most high. It's not sub- being subservient to the rules and regulations that he's put in to his created order, and instead, it is appealing to spiritual entities and and aid that you know, in some cases, is is given to humanity, but comes at a cost and comes with the. The declaration of allegiance to that that particular spiritual entity, as well as an open door into the life of the person making the request, which oftentimes gets ignored. I mean, this stuff comes with a lot of demonic activity and open door access to people's lives and can even produce generational problems. So it's, it's nothing to be trifled with. Now, you were talking about astrology and where that falls. I think one of the things that's very interesting with astrology, horoscopes, all that stuff, number one, we're told stay away from that. You're not supposed to see palm readers. If you follow Yahweh, then Yahweh is your spiritual source. If you're following God, if you're following uh, the God of the Bible, then that is your source point not these other entities that are begging and offering help and assistance and aid. If you interact with them, he said specifically, don't do these things. But astrology in the horoscopes is interesting because if you if you trace it back, it has its roots in Babylon. Right. And there's this thing called the Maseroth. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, according to Chuck Missler, particularly what it is, is the Jewish understanding of the constellations and mm-hmm. the significance that it has as far as telling the divine story like each one of those constellations has a meaning and the meaning is derived from the understanding the brightest star within that constellation and it tells basically the story of Christ as I, as I understand it but what was really interesting is, I believe, under the Babylonian captivity, where Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all taken captive into Babylon, Daniel ends up becoming the head of the the Babylonian priesthood, known as the Magi. And it's a hereditary priesthood and adept at occult practices. And literally, he becomes the head of it and changes what they're doing, teaches them the true ways of of the Most High, including understanding the actual significance of constellations from a biblical based perspective, which has significant influence when it comes to the birth of Christ, because we read that when Jesus was born, all of a sudden these three wise men show up out of nowhere and they're like, well,
1: yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't necessarily just three. Oh, I'm sorry. We read that these wise men tradition, my bad. We
0: read that these wise men numbers, unknown, Show up. And the point is, that they're like, how, how did you know? Where did you come from? All of that. They're like, we're from, you know, we're, where we're from. They're the Magi. And it's, again, this hereditary priesthood that Daniel had taught them how to understand what was happening. I think it's also the reason why Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Because the people who had been there for so long trying to work their way up, all of a sudden he's put in charge of them changing what they do and they're not happy about it. But one of the things that they do with the Maserath, which is the Jewish understanding of the significance of the stars as revealed from Yahweh, is they change the meaning. And so now it becomes about all these esoteric meanings. It becomes about demonic symbols instead of actually pointing towards Christ himself. It's got to point towards a replacement Christ. I think that's part of the reason why. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, and it's just like them to invert something. It's a message system that's supposed to declare the majesty of the most high. And we think that it's going to tell us, the individual people, what kind of personalities we have, what we're Mm. supposed to do, how we're going to navigate our life. It's completely inverted and and we've made it about ourselves or they've made it about the individuals instead of who it's really about.
0: And ironically, you can get that information
1: from actually just talking to God himself. Hey, why did you create me?
0: What's my purpose here? You know, instead, we're trying to play God, see if we can control our future, see if we can perceive what's going to happen and then maybe work it towards our own ambitions, our own selfish desires. And it's because got love so how the daily
3: you got to love how the daily zodiacs are worded, too. It's like it, it, literally they're always true because it's so vague, you know, like there's not there's at least with the online ones. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you could have a bad day today or something like that it's just weird.
0: <laughs> I'm just amazed it's at what how I may popular, ride. <laughs> how popular yeah. they become like you can get on TikTok and watch people using crystals. Right. Right? You could see active palm reading sessions and and you could see psychics and other things that you know, in scripture this stuff was was strictly forbidden. You can well, the see practice.
2: The other big one now Jason I see is Akashic record readings. Those are wild. That's a weird concept, dude. Now, yeah, I haven't heard of that. What is that? me either so the akashic record is basically like a record of everything that's ever uh happened at all times
0: okay
3: yeah the future the past and it's through consciousness right it's through like the collective consciousness supposedly where yeah so i'll pull up i'll give you guys the wikipedia of it here we got uh yeah dude i haven't heard that in a while man it's a really crazy concept
2: yeah it's so the akashic records are a compendium of all universal events thoughts words emotions and intent to ever ever have occurred in the past present or future in terms of all entities and life forms not just human they are believed by theosophists to be encoded in a non-physical plane of existence known as the mental plane because it is believed that the records are encoded vibrationally Into the inherent fabric of space, some have likened the mechanism as similar to how holograms are created. There's currently no scientific evidence for the existence of the Akashic records, and rigorous scientific research in this field has seen little traction.
3: But yeah, you're talking about this this is new age to a T, dude. Like
2: and and look who look who you know some of the leaders are. Rudolf Steiner, Edgar Casey, yeah. The Theosophical Society with Blavatsky Alice uh, Bailey's involved too with the yeah, yep. down there Yeah, so you get them all it's,
3: it's you know another- what's crazy
1: to sorry not to cut you off Matt um, oh, what's crazy ahead. to me is is that it talks about how they believe that this akashic record is is you know it's in the mental plane and based off of the frequency that they believe that it uses the same technology is how holograms are, are created. That's fascinating because um, there's a, a lot of scholars that believe that holography, which is the, the type of technology used to make holograms, is the technology that the Bible message was written in.
2: Really? Mm. Wow.
1: Yeah. So the, the way that it works in regards to the Bible— is that one that, so it's an integrated message system. And in order for a hologram to be read properly, it has to be read using the same light frequency that it was written with. So as a a Christian would say, you need the Holy Spirit, right? To understand the words that were written by the Holy Spirit to help help you understand what the actual meaning is, you know, that that, that bridges the different Bible translations. But the other thing that, that holography does is it spreads the message out over the entirety of the um, the hardware, if you were, so uh, a good example is me and my me and my brother used to copy the DVDs that we got from Netflix when they just sent them to you in the mail, and we did hundreds and hundreds of them and it, in it we had a discussion on how we wanted to store them on multiple hard drives because we could either have you know a hundred movies on one hard drive and then have five different hard drives or we could have all 500 movies on all five hard drives that way if one of them crashed we still had all 500 movies but the way that you spread the the information over all five storage units you you get a reduced quality of message or the 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 quality of the movie is reduced but you still get the entire movie does that make sense mm. like if hard drive hard drive 5 crashed you might you know, go from 1080p to 480, but you still get to watch the whole movie. Now, if it's if they're all individually in there and you lose drive five, you lose a hundred different movies. Yep. So a lot of scholars that look at the Bible, that's why there's not a particular chapter or about salvation alone, right? And it makes it a little difficult to understand, but if you look at the genius of how it was created, it anticipates hostile jamming. So we could lose a couple of the books. We might have lost a couple of the books. You know, even Corinthians talks about different letters that Paul wrote, but the genius of the technology of how the message system was written anticipates hostile jamming. So you can still get the entire picture. You can watch the entire movie, even though it might not be the quality that you wanted if you had all of it. This is, With oh, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, so it's interesting that we see that technology actually used in the writing of the Bible. And the theosophists are over here going, well, the uh, uh, Akashic record is is over here. And we think that it's using the same technology that the Bible was written in. It's just really fascinating to me.
3: And it could be this like similar technology, but it could just be like an evil force rather than a other side. Yeah. The other side is using that if that is how the Bible was written. Right. I mean, or is that? Oh,
1: it's, not, it's no, it's possible because I mean we talk about all the time how the enemy tries to invert, you know, right. subvert, pervert everything.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. That's pretty freaking interesting, dude. I, I'm actually I want to look more <laughs> into that. You guys should do a freaking episode on the, the Akashic Records now. Yeah, I want to look more into that for sure.
0: That holography With the holography is getting <laughs> me. Yeah, now I want to look into that too. Yeah, Holographies nuts,
1: man. <laughs> Because yeah. here's the
0: other thing that Christopher didn't point out. If you look at an image that was written in, a, in its original light, but you look at it without that light that it was written in, you look at it with the false light, you get a false image. Ooh. And if the if the created order is really, as science has told us, a holographic representation of a larger reality. Right. And if it's being held up through the power of Jesus Christ, who is the light of God. If there's a false light that's coming into the world, i.e. Luciferianism, then everything that it produces through its quote unquote enlightenment age is going to be a false image.
3: Yeah, that's wild, man.
0: But it's going to purport it as being true and accurate. Hence the idea of constant inversion. Hence why as above, so below. Hence why everything is inverted and everything's turned upside down because at very, at, at his very best, Lucifer would be a false light when compared to the most high, especially in his mm. fallen state that's unrecoverable. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that, yeah, he has all these enlightenment periods. And I don't think that Western civilization was the only one. Christopher, we talked about this in, in a prior episode. There were other yeah, civilizations the that episode, went through. There was- Yeah, the Jewish Enlightenment. Exactly. So this seems to be a thing. Enlightened societies, based on the light of Lucifer, teach them this concept of rationalism, which is really a reductionist view of reality. It, It removed the concept of the supernatural so there's no thing as miracles. And then you discredit on almost every level the authenticity of Jesus Christ by the things he would do to authenticate himself. What do you mean a virgin birth? We all know that that's not possible because we are a scientific community that only espouses to rationalistic thinking. And they went really far with this. I mean, so far as to people like uh, Thomas Jefferson rewriting the Bible completely, tearing out parts, anything that seemed far-fetched, rip it out, and then we end up with the Jeffersonian Bible, yep, which several presidents, as I understand, have been sworn in on. That notwithstanding, there's a, there was a move through culture to really rid culture of the idea of supernaturalism, which then makes it funny that you can have these, these demonic trends occurring through culture. Like, how do you get that <laughs> in a culture that doesn't really recognize the existence of a supernatural realm because it's naturalistically minded? That's wild, man. Right. The level of it's schizophrenic a- thinking is just crazy.
2: Well, yeah, well, it goes back to that the the discussion, and it, it's one of my favorites. Where the guy is discussing with someone else, he's an atheist. Okay, and the guy asks him, you know, well, how can you back your your point? And his first response is, "Oh God," <laughs> you know. And he, it's like hey, you just you just Bruh. lost all credibility you right did. there. You <laughs> did, you
3: know. That's like Yuval Harari, man. Like if you listen to how he talks about it, he mentions God a lot, but yeah. he's an atheist. Uh, or he's Jewish, I think, but I think he might be atheist too. I don't know if that's even possible, but he's, you know, homosexual too. He's like, he talks about all these different things, but it seems like he definitely does believe that there is a God while at the same time talking about how we're not created by God, you know, all this wild stuff that he says. So it's interesting, man. I actually got to jump a little early here. Um, but I was going to, um, ask. You know, if you're talking about different versions of the Bible and, and you know, inaccurate ones and stuff like that, I always wonder why this King James version is so like it's like the gold standard when it comes to the Bible. Right. Because what if like, wouldn't it be so like effective for dark forces to put something out like this King James version of the Bible? And then that's the one that everyone reads. And that's the one that everyone sticks to. I don't know if that's like a, a really horrible thing to say or not. I don't intend it to be like that, but. I just wonder if it was written by some people with bad intentions. You know what I mean? And edited and all this stuff. Or you mean translated and everything? Yeah, the translations, the phone game where it's like, you know, this person's saying that this is the message. And then it's clearly changed over the years, right? I just wonder why it's the King James version that we stick with. And and that's the one that's sold everywhere. You, You almost have to go really, really out of your way to get any other version of it.
0: Now, I think so, you ask a a really interesting question. It's one that that I've recently um, had to struggle with a bit, and I think one of the interesting problems that comes up is there there is a tendency when you deal with a a, a majority culture that right. you get the standardization that that culture brings. So if you're dealing with the English based culture that comes out of Europe, yeah, the the books that would be produced, even the the translation of the Bible into English is going to be coming from that that project, right? But that's not the only one. There are older versions, um, like the Ethiopian Bible, that actually right. has much broader uh um uh, what do I call it, literary groundwork. It includes more books than the King James Version. You know, there's Eastern Orthodox. There, there are a lot of different uh, I don't want to say Bibles and make it sound like there are all these different versions, because essentially from a Christian component, what you hold to is that the the original texts are the ones that are without error, the ones that we we base a lot of this on. But then you have to realize that going into these translational versions, you're obviously going to pick up different things. So right. if we really want to avoid all of it, we might as well just go learn Hebrew and read as much of the original. Right, today. right. <laughs> read the Well, secret. dude,
3: like that, that's, I don't know if it's in the King James version or not. We ran a clip about this the other day uh, on the news show and um, like unicorns are mentioned in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. that makes people think that the Bible is all BS because they mention unicorns, you know, like, well, unicorns must be real then, right? If you believe in this God in the sky. And unicorns are real, dude. They're freaking rhinoceroses. You know there's what I one mean? Version. Like they're,
0: mm-hmm. but there's I mean, two different. There's yeah, so many different. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Again, we were just talking about this. We come from a post enlightenment era, that era that has has rationalism put all over it, and it creates right. a reductionist view. So if you're going to, if you're if if, if unicorns bother you. I don't know what you're going to do with seven winged angelic beans. Yeah, right, right. If you can buy seven winged angelic beans, then unicorns shouldn't be a problem. Right. I don't have to reduce it down to a rhinoceros. There's, How does Jesus show up on a horse in Revelation? I mean, literally, how do you get the other four horsemen? Like these are horsemen that are on horses that apparently come from another dimension. Unicorn is the least of my problems. <laughs> but
3: no, but those are probably again translated and misunderstood because unicorn. It like this guy broke it down in this video where it was like unicornus and some other word for two. So I mean they were mentioning unicorns, but initially in Latin they were saying unicornus. Then they translated it to English to mean unicorn when they were talking about a specific type of rhinoceros. Well, here's where I wouldn't start. You can actually back it up with facts.
0: I wouldn't start at the Latin, though, because like we were just saying a moment ago, really, you go back to the ancient Jewish texts. Those are the ones that are considered infallible. So by the time you got to Latin Vulgate, there were changes that were being made and you have problems with the Latin language. You you can do this with other languages as well. I'm not saying what the guy said was inaccurate. I'm just saying that as a point of of hermeneutical accuracy, like how you interpret the scripture by using rules and principles of interpretation. Start with the original text. Get the actual meaning from the Hebrew language. Get the meaning from the Greek. Get the meaning from the Aramaic first so that you get the most accurate understanding before we try to derive meanings from, from other languages. Yeah. For instance, that's the problem we have of like referring to the Satan character as Lucifer. Like everybody's derived this theological idea that Lucifer is his real name. And that's not true. Lucifer just means light bear and it comes from the Latin Vulgate. But because we haven't gone back, you know what I'm saying, because people haven't gone back and looked at the original text, they don't get that. And then there's a theological error that's made. So in order to make sure that that's avoided and you're going to come up with some of these transitional bumps, like Christopher was talking about, if this message is spread out as wise as it is to anticipate hostile jamming and to allow for the dissemination of this information across multiple different languages, you're going to have some some recombining errors. So you go back to the original to see where it's flawless. And if we're not doing that, then, you know, we're going to come up with with problems in our conceptual understanding. We're going to say, bro.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, and to to add to that and to specifically answer his question, why the King James Version, it's not because it's inaccurate, like Jason's saying, you have to go to the original text, but because it is one of the earlier versions of the English-speaking world, all of the errors from a scholarly perspective. Now, most of the people reading the Bible have no idea. And you say there's errors in the King James Version, and they're going to flip out. But from a scholarly perspective, because it has been read and investigated and measured against the original text so much more than newer versions that are coming out, all of the errors are known and well-documented in the King James. And that's why, from a scholarly perspective, it's the easy one to go to because you don't have to rework the whole thing like some of the newer works that are coming out.
3: Interesting yeah it's just something that stuck with me but uh like i said i gotta jump a little early guys uh,
2: i think this is a great place to end it man oh Excellent. okay yeah no good okay, guys cool. <laughs> this has been outstanding man we could yeah, go great. on for another two and a half hours easily <laughs>
3: and, i was uh, geared up
0: man i was ready to roll like yeah. Ryan was leaving, we round two. <laughs> Just
3: getting started, right? right. Hey. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are a blast to talk with every
2: time. Oh, I, I love it. I honestly, guys, and, and your show is one of my favorite shows. It's one I listen to every week. Thanks it's it's That's uh, awesome. Thank uh, you. Uh, I, I love really how you put it out on Wednesday because it. it's hump day, and it really gets me over the hump. That's and cool. uh, and so tell everybody where they can find you and your great work.
1: Uh, you can find us. Our home site is ORPPodcast.com. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the normal places at Operation Red Pill and uh, our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podcast. Made it pretty simple. I'm a e, subscriber.
3: I'm a subscriber to the As Patreon. Am I.
2: I. love it, yep. man. I, I, I should I, thank you be. And you I apologize, guys, because I thought I was subscribing. I was just following. And uh, and so now <laughs> I am a I am an official subscriber. I, I got past my... Uh, my rookie mistake on Patreon. <laughs> so
3: well, is it stupid because that's
2: a new feature that they made?
1: Yeah. yeah. When, follow and not pay. Well, no, he was following before because I didn't even know it was a thing. I've been could, following like, since they started it. Right. Yeah. And so you'd you'd look at him and then I was like, How is he following, but he's not a member? Like I was so <laughs> perplexed at how that was even possible. I was like, he's "I think a it's genius. a new thing he's though? He's mastered it. Yeah. Well, no, I they, don't know. <laughs> they changed it from being a follower to now you're um, like an un, un, yeah a free member or an unpaid member. Yeah. So that they changed the, the category, but you could still f- like subscribe or whatever without being in a pay tier. So it, it was, it was That's a-
2: interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. So you get you notified man. when they put content out, you just can't see anything when yeah. you go to the page. It just, everything's just locked. So, but yeah, okay, you got okay. excellent man. I mean, you guys do great work, so keep it up. Thanks, and, man. uh, i hope to do more with you guys in the future for sure
0: absolutely I definitely it. we're down for it i mean if excellent. we can make this work like this time frame dude i, I love doing this oh actually, definitely yeah For you guys we will make it work
2: that'll work awesome thank you All right. thank you right what do you got going buddy
3: um just the same old stuff dude uh, i actually recorded a really fun um episode with uh drew and bob we did uh the the conspiracy theater 3000 talked about an interesting movie man that i didn't initially see conspiracies in planes trains and automobiles great thanksgiving movie right with john Um, candy yeah and steve martin okay yeah and we found some really interesting stuff kind of just as we were talking i think it's one of the best episodes i'm gonna put the video on my patreon and the audio there soon but, uh, yeah, man, we found, like, some really interesting things and just came up with some kind of wild theories. A lot of fun. We found out Drew hasn't seen a Christmas story. So we're going to be doing... I, wow. Good. Hey, no hey. Idea.
0: in defense of Drew, I just saw that probably, like, three or four years ago. Wow. But he's a film buff. <laughs> yeah, he's
2: like a movie aficionado, True. though. And that's like, hey. I mean, they run it on, like, a,
3: uh, like, the whole... However long, however many hours in a week, they run that on a loop. On, on, you yes. know around christmas Runs it 24 hours on christmas
2: day <laughs> wow yeah.
3: so but, yeah. but no yeah so we're gonna do that in another christmas movie that's kind of based off of uh like more conspiratorial scary stuff but just having fun doing that trying to put out an episode that i released or tried to release but it got messed up so i'm gonna redo that but yeah man just having fun as always dude so hopefully people know where to find me another fun chat
2: and yeah Yeah, i recommend you follow both these shows i hope they know where to find you at this point same with me like guys same with you man i've been doing it forever yeah it's like come on look (laughs) in the show notes if you have any questions it's not that difficult we kind of hold your hand there but we're not going to push the button for you that's all you got to (laughs) do
3: That's I'm not it. gonna pay the subscription fee for you. Just it's three dollars if you wanna <laughs> get in.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Um, exactly. But yeah, dude, I recommend everyone follow both shows. Obviously, Matt's and and uh, Operation Red Pill here. But what are you up to, Matt? Are you got
2: anything new going on? Uh no, I've been looking into this whole history of the the Middle East kind of thing with the the uh Israelis and that land and those people and Is there some controversial stuff to people, you know. I mean, some people get touchy with it, but I'm really wanting to know the roots of it, so I'm going back to Babylon, and we're going to work our way back from 586 to today, and look at the different expulsions of groups um, and things like that over time, and and kind of where we are today. It's cool, man. So, awesome stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been great. I uh, I really hope everyone enjoys this as well. Go support everybody. Go uh, hit up the Patreons, like, share, review, do all that fun stuff. You know the drill. Everybody stay strong. Question everything.